0: Content warning disclaimer. This episode of Fire Breathing Kittens contains mention of Rohypnol. Trigger warning. Involuntary unconsciousness. Children should not listen to this episode.
1: Welcome everybody to Fire Breathing Kittens, the standalone Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Every episode is a separate complete adventure, so you can listen to them in any order. Today, we are joined by... Dr. Crud, the third. Howdy. Don't steal my line, everybody. (laughs) And Olive.
0: Now I have to. Howdy.
1: And Boltzmann.
2: Don't tell me what to do. Howdy.
1: Damn it all. Good. Off to a flying start. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, our scenario today begins in pitch blackness for everybody. You're... Pretty much aware of nothing at this moment. You're you're aware that you exist. You've at least got that going on. But it is in a dark, dark space. So vaguely as the seconds tick by, you start to be, be, be aware of these kind of mumbling voices in the background. Over the seconds and the minutes, the voices clarify a little bit and you start to hear the sounds of cackling and jeering. At the same time, you kind of notice this smell around you. It's it's a it's a it's a musky. It's damp. It's kind of a cloying aroma. Fills up your lungs, and you feel like this is probably not that healthier place to be in. Somewhere somewhere between a sort of a a, a, a a poorly tended stable and a public toilet. That's the kind of the the atmosphere that we're in right now. So uh, can we uh, roll initiative? Damn it! I'm trying to
3: sleep. Why well, I gotta do that? <laughs>
0: Fifteen,
1: not twenty. Nine. plus oh, right. initiative. So we're Boltzmann, Olive, Doctor Crud in that order. So Boltzmann, you're you're kind of the first one that starts to come to you. Kind of your, your 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 eyes blinking blearily. You start to see through the through the through the fog, and you can see around you. You're in some kind of pretty tightly closed cell. There's rusty iron bars in front of you. Um, it's light, so you know you're you you know you're above ground at least, but you're definitely locked in some kind of cage. Um, you see silhouettes in front of you, a small group of people who seem to be the ones that are shouting and jeering at you. Um, so first thing you think of is, to, you know, where am I? What the hell is going on? And you look down and, and you, you, you check on yourself. Tell us who you are and what you look like and what you see.
2: Now, Boltzmann is encased by definition because all that is left of his original human body is a brain in a jar, and uh, it's, it's not very good at rotating, although he's got uh, uh, ways to compensate for that uh, perception-wise. Uh, so he's trying to look down, but uh, his, his tubular body just rotates 360 degrees moving around, and uh, he feels all the synapses connecting to uh, the different parts of his mechanical body. Uh, he feels the uh, rocket launcher at his torso, the many valves and buttons, the two hands that are on top of the lid of his jar, and um, the the inline skates that are hidden in the base of his uh, of his rolling contraption. And uh, he tries to say, "Hello,
1: is anybody here?" And and as he says that. Uh, as 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 his eyes are swivelling three sixty degrees round, he sees uh, in the cell next to him a reptilian torso, also also just starting to come around. Uh, and he remembers that this this is this is Olive, uh, his his guildmate. And so as Olive wakes up, she has a similar kind of experience to Boltzmann. So Olive, tell us about yourself.
0: Olive is laying on the ground looking like any other crocodile if you had dressed them in a white Jedi-style robe and baggy brown pants. So, sort of like when you put clothes on a cat or a dog, (laughs) it looks kind of funny. But then she sits up, and you can see as she rubs her head and eyes that there's a spark of intelligence in her eyes. As she looks at Boltzmann... Her eyes are filled with as much intelligence as any human.
1: And then, so so, olives olives in the room. There's there's one other cell in the room too, and it's it's a it's a fortunately a much larger cell. It's it's actually the armory of the uh, of the place where you're being uh, where you where you've been locked up. And uh, in that in that space, still pretty cramped, even though it is a little is a little larger room, is our third guild member uh, in this scenario, Doctor Crud the Third. Tell us about yourself, Dr. Crud. Dr.
3: Crud is a loxodon doctor. 12th level. He uh, stands at 8 feet tall, 5 feet wide. Fluctuates his weight, but he's been taking care of himself a lot more, so he's near more near the uh, 200, 250-ish now. He wears blue jeans, a white button-down shirt with a red tie, and a white, uh, lab coat-esque, made out of leather, with his name embroidered on the left side of his chest. He has a bean's pocket, which is right now empty, and he has a Jenny's pocket, and he checks to see if Jenny is there.
1: Wow, okay. <laughs> Let's move on from that one quickly before things start to get dark. Um, oh,
0: oh, Jenny's not there. Jenny was there earlier.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Where's Jenny gone? Where's Jenny gone? Um, so, Wait,
0: um, so DM, she just to clarify, enough? it was yeah. quite a saga to get jenny back last time
1: is jenny there or not oh right um oh no no jenny, if, if jenny should be there jenny is definitely there okay, <laughs> okay I, I missed i missed the jenny piece in any of the prep work i should have done so let's just <laughs> okay. let jenny is there don't panic don't panic
0: <laughs> i was a little panicked
1: <laughs> right. no we do not want to i thought you said that jenny was not there and that was the start of the uh of the panic from my side as well so, cool. Now, Jenny is very much with you. Follow-up question. Mm-hmm.
2: Is uh, Boltzmann's assistant steel defender, robotic chimp butler, Mr. Langley there? And his pet displacer beast, <laughs>
1: Miss Motoko? Yes, yes. D- his, his, his chimp butler <laughs> is, is in the cell with Boltzmann too. You've, you've all come, we've all come as a whole in this, in this <laughs> equation. Don't worry. No No one has been left aside. Thank God they locked me
2: in here with my butler. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so as as you all come about uh, and and clarity starts to again, mental clarity starts to come back into your head. You 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 notice a couple of other people in the room. So, as these things are happening, the uh, the, the 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 jeers and the and the, the the small group of people that are shouting at you slang and slanging you hear you hear them say come on lads this is it now these guys are clearly losers we don't know where they've come from but uh, we've had our fun here let's let's get back to work we've got better things to be getting on with and they walk out the door and there's no introduction you don't know who they are they just fade out into the doorway until there's two people left in the room there's a large uh, orc half orc um sat on a chair in front of a desk with his feet up on the table and a hat kind of positioned slightly over his eyes you're not entirely sure if he's asleep or not but he's you know he's you think he's he's vaguely aware of what's going on and then over in the far corner uh there is a uh a tiny little gnome just sat on a stool twiddling his thumbs um uh, as you look at them, you notice they've both got badges on. One's clearly the sheriff, uh, and the other one is his deputy. The, the orc being the sheriff, and the and the little, norm, you know, the little gnome being the deputy. So that's the scenario you're, you're in. That's where you've come into the world. You don't have a I basically don't have a clue what's going on or how you got there. What do you do next?
3: Doctor Carter rolls over and goes back to sleep.
1: <laughs>
2: Boltzmann rolls up to the bars grabs them, looks at the half-orc and the gnome, and says, what is the meaning of this?
1: To which the sheriff lazily doffs his hat slightly, and you just about see his eyes peeking out from underneath it. And he says to you, well, you guys, basically, you guys were brought in here pretty early in the morning. Uh, last night, well, last night or in the morning. Um you were found out back, back back by the rock, just in an unconscious pile. Uh, looks like you guys have been partying way harder than you guys should have been. And uh and it was uh Mama Panchoni and the Panchoni family guys that had brought you in here, so we figured best just lock you up. We had no idea who you were, you looked like you you know, potentially could be pretty dangerous people. So we figured we'd just keep you in the drunk tank until you came about. And now you seem to be awake, so maybe you should tell me what the hell you were doing out there. Do we remember anything? So the last thing you remember, and that is a good question. That's a very nice lead into the next phase of the story. The last thing you remember was being in the guild house back in Nicomoy. And this this rather attractive young half-elf lady had come into the bar, and she was, she was pretty interested in joining the guild. And as part of that kind of yeah, introduction, trying to get to know her a little bit while, while we were waiting for the, uh, the, the, the officials to come down and sort out any kind of uh, acceptance or rejection test, you guys were at the bar. Last thing you remember, you were chatting away to this pretty young half-elf, you were having a couple of drinks, alcoholic or no, and literally within about 10 or 15 minutes after that point, everything fades into blackness. And the next thing you remember is exactly where you are now, you're waking up in these cells.
0: I think we got drugged.
1: Quite possibly. That could be the case.
2: This most definitely sounds like gro Hypno. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very specific, <laughs> yes.
0: I don't know many spells, but yeah, that sounds like the one.
1: <laughs> and your your kind of sense of grogginess, it doesn't feel like a typical alcoholic hangover. It feels like more of a more of a you know a barbiturate induced uh uh fug over your head. So so anyway, so the sheriff turns around. And he says, "Well, you guys, you know, you, you didn't, you didn't commit any crimes. We're not particularly keeping you here for any, uh, any, any, any criminal or legal reasons. Um, you seem to be pretty much awake now. Are you feeling all right? You feel like you can get up and get on with your, get on with your lives now?"
0: I think we were the victims of a crime, actually. Really? Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, I wouldn't know about that. I'm just a sleepy town sheriff. I'm I'm not here to start hunting down crimes of wherever you guys came from, whatever you did. You know, as far as I'm concerned, you're you're you, you could just be nothing more than a bunch of drunkards. So you know, any kind of uh, uh, accusations that you're you're flinging about right now, ugh, I can't be dealing with that stuff. I tell you what, can
0: can I when, please do a perception check? I want their name and badge number.
1: <laughs> you can indeed do a perception check. Typical
3: law enforcement in this universe.
0: <laughs> former law enforcement what's their name and badge number
1: so um sheriff says "Well, wow never never happy are they never happy
0: i'm just my i'm just peeking i'm not my, like I, my, I didn't say so anything. i'm
1: officer Under cop i don't have a badge no more but i do have a number it's number one i am the number one <laughs> sheriff in this town <laughs> uh and my friend over there that's deputy cool mouse and uh well he's number two so you've got our names and you've got our numbers Okay. But, you know, I'm not going to make a big deal of this. Um, I'm just going to let you go. But the one thing I will say is when, when you were dropped off here, I was asked that uh, when you wake up, um, the, uh, the, the head of the Panchoni family, Mama Panchoni, she, uh, she asked me to t- send you over to her place. So um, as you're leaving, gather up your stuff. And uh, uh, if you head left as you go out of the sheriff's office, you'll see the, you'll see the mansion down the way. Suggest you go and say hello to the Panchoni family. It's, uh, it's deemed pretty rude if you don't.
2: Typical. The vested authorities in this town are but a sham. Covering up the real power. All right, we will go by the Panchoni family.
3: So the Panchoni family is the one that brought us here. Hence, they're probably the ones that drugged us. And you want us to go back to them again for more drugging and more jail
1: time? <laughs> hey listen I've got no idea about any drugging that you say did or didn't go on here all we know is it's those guys that found you so and they were they were they were pretty interested to talk to you once you woke up I think they've got their reasons um, and I'm sure they'll tell you more about it when you go talk to them but all I can say is as I said if you don't go and talk to the Panchoni family they're not they're likely to take that as an offence
0: Olive happens to possess two bottles on her for health potions She's going to pour one of them, like, um, I guess, out on the ground. Or is anybody feeling not so good? I guess I'll, like, feed it to Jenny just in case. And then um, with the empty bottle, I'm going to cut my hand or, I don't know, my I'm going to cut, yeah, I, arm. There's no safe place to cut yourself, people. Um, I've got a chef's knife though and I stab it between the two bones in my forearm of the left hand and I then empty some of the blood into the potion bottle and cork it and I give it to the sheriff and then I use the second potion bottle to drink it and recover the damage
1: (laughs) okay yeah I I see what you mean it's off off story here I see what you mean about needing to be ready for anything as a DM (laughs) because I was not expecting that
3: Olive, you do realize I am a medical professional and I could have just taken a sample <laughs> of your blood and put it in a tube. And
0: I'm not a medical professional. You can see why that's its not a good idea, kids, if you're not a medical professional to do it yourself.
3: <laughs> Olive, but- <laughs> I ask that next time you have self-harming thoughts, you talk to me first.
0: <laughs> I didn't harm myself. I'm fine. I got a potion.
3: <laughs> a knife through your arm Is self-harming.
0: Temporarily, but I I, I took a potion.
3: Oh, talk to me. I am literally a centrifuge.
0: (laughs) Okay. So I hand the blood-filled glass container to the sheriff, and I say, if you lose this, um, well, I mean, it's not. You're already in trouble, but, like, don't lose this. This is evidence that I was drugged. Uh, Test it, and... I'll go find the culprit because you kind of suck, but at least help me out a little bit here and keep this evidence and store it. Thank you. Chuck's potion heals arm.
1: So the sheriff g- g- gingerly reaches up and takes this kind of, <laughs> takes this vial in, in in his fingertips and says, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, um, uh, thanks for that. And uh, uh, opens a drawer in his desk and just places it gently inside it. He, um... <laughs> That's that's as far as he goes with that one. <laughs> right.
0: You should have it tested by an expert oh, witness. I, I we we
1: we uh, you can probably see that we don't exactly have the mod, most modern of technology uh, technological apparatus here for doing blood tests. But um, once every two or three months or so, someone normally swings by to pick up any evidence and take it to the local uh, to the to, to the kind of to, to the to the to the county police head office. And, and I'm sure someone will get around to testing it one one day. We'll we'll call you. Don't call us. You know, we'll call you.
0: I lick the blood off of the knife, put it back in my backpack, and I'm going to go on my way to see these panchonis. But I have unfinished business here.
2: On the way out, I say, Olive, I know you're not well-versed in the theories of magic, but it's a bad idea to give strangers your blood. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm magically illiterate.
3: <laughs> on Dr. Crud's way out, he says to the sheriff, I, I'm sorry about her. I don't know what's gotten into her, but just be thankful she didn't burn the place down.
0: <laughs> also true. <laughs> <laughs> I might later. I'm I'm definitely going to later.
1: <laughs> and the, the the sheriff is a kind of a uh, a world weary guy who's been knocking around for quite a while. He he he, he nods his appreciation to Doctor Crud. Looks slightly wearily and worryingly at, uh, at Olive. Um, puts his hat back down over his eyes. Just goes back to sleep again. So we're outside.
3: Oh, and you're a shit sheriff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll be replacing you later.
1: He's been there a long time. I don't think he's 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 not about to get replaced. I don't think, no matter how piss poor his uh, his actual duties are.
0: So Boltzmann... I'm going to assassinate him.
1: Are we? Are we? Uh,
2: <laughs> Boltzmann beckons uh, the. Uh, Ten feet tall displacer beast that was in the cell with him <laughs> it says, ah, I'm not surprised they got me, but they roofed you, girl. <laughs> There's no limits to these to these people's vile sense of pseudo authority. they can't do this to us, and we'll go over there and tell them right. We are the fire breathing
1: kittens, cool, yeah, so we uh we we're, we're leaving the sheriff's office, right, yeah. Cool. So, first thing. So now we're 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 heading out into town. So the first thing you notice as you open the doors is that this place is it, 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 an absolute mess. I mean, it is it is a mud-strewn pit. It's bordering on swamp in how in how dirty and filthy its place has been. It doesn't look like the kind of place that should be like that. It should be this kind of dry, dusty, tumbleweed type town, but that is absolutely not the case water is dripping off roofs there's rutted streets with puddles and pools of 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 water you know knocking about everywhere so clearly you think there's been some kind of some kind of downpour some kind of torrential rain type situation that explains the dampness of the cells that you're in as well
3: olive you're home
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep
1: so as you leave as you leave the sheriff's office you um you take a look around, and you take a look around the street. Um, someone want to roll a perception check for
0: me? Is this all of us?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah let's, let's have, let's have but all you do it. Yeah. Uh, I got an 11.
0: Oof. I
2: got a natural 20 for a total of 25. 18.
1: Cool. I think, but Boltzmann has frozen, so we're going to have to backtrack a bit anyway. I think we've lost him.
3: He, he went into automatic mode. Let's keep going
1: yeah let's keep going so we'll catch them up cool so with an 18 um olive has some mighty fine monkish perception going on so as she looks around the town she notices uh, across the way from the sheriff's office uh looks to be what you know classically would be considered a kind of a western bar it's got those two swing gates on the front yeah, this is all very tropish don't worry about it um you know it's a bar you see a light on in the bar so you, you, you pretty much figure there's someone or something going on inside there to the left, right to the left of the sheriff's office, there's a, 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 an undertaker's or a funeral parlour. You know that very clearly because you can see the coffin-shaped boxes outside on the on the walkway. Um, to the far right, as you look down the main street, you can see what looks like a big kind of theatre, kind of cabaret, kind of building. And off down to the very far left, you can see a grand, grand mansion. Um, that uh, uh, is, is clearly the place that the sheriff referred you to. Go to the Panchoni family hall. So, where do you where do you guys decide to head?
3: Well, Doctor Crud's going to check those coffins and make sure uh, shapeshifters did not put anybody in there.
1: Uh, no, all, 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 all these coffins for the moment are empty. Okay.
2: Shall we huddle up quickly?
0: Oh yeah, welcome back. Oh, you're <laughs> off of
3: automatic mode. Great.
2: I was just in my own mind. I was there the entire time. I could hear everything.
3: Okay,
2: Olive, I hope you uh, don't mind. I took the empathic experience we had last time, researched this a little bit, and uh, expanded on this a little bit. We can now uh, enter each other's consciousness with a group of up to six. I figured uh, just two is just... A little bit lonely, wouldn't you say?
0: Especially since you knew we weren't actually getting married. <laughs> I think you misinterpreted.
2: Boatsman, uh is just a brain, doesn't have a facial expression, so there's nothing to interpret there. Okay. But, uh...
0: the, the crocodile looks nervously at the brain in the jar, who seems to have misinterpreted the wedding ring exchange.
2: <laughs> no, no, Olive, I, I, I know that we were not getting married, it's just... Um... I am an old man, and I've never gotten married, and it's just rubbing salt in a wound, all right? Because it's probably not going to happen, considering I am a brain in a jar now.
0: Oh, that wouldn't stop you from getting married, just to me, because I am with Richard.
2: <laughs> so uh, I know, I know. It, uh, you're also half my age, so let's not let's not talk about this anymore.
3: <laughs> Sounds like Olive. You're just you're just hitting off the boys with the sticks now, trying to keep them away from you.
0: It's it's because I've had my teeth removed. I'm now so much more attractive. Thank you, Dr. Crud III. <laughs> it was only four. We just got you back down
3: to 80. You're still at 80, right? I don't need to take out more. Still at 80. <laughs> All right. Let me know when that changes and I'll help you. I wasn't going to say anything, but looks at you.
0: Yes, I've, I've had some work.
2: <laughs> In any case, I can join our minds. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I will... Uh, I will retrocast uh, Rari's telepathic bond. Uh, so we are all telepathically linked with one another as uh, we go about this town. And we can, we can talk about this uh, without alerting uh, any others of our presence. Um, should I include Jenny in it?
3: Well, here's the thing. Our telepathic link is really, really special. And if you betray that trust that she has in me, she will bite your face off.
2: Uh, I do not believe there will be a problem. My face was gone a long time ago.
3: (laughs) So is that a yes or a no, Dr. Crud? Depends on if you want to get bit and poisoned by my daughter or not. That's (laughs) completely up to you. I mean, I don't know your kink. (laughs) I'm immune to poison.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But... But I will no, leave respect Jenny's, Jenny's boundaries, if that's what you are trying to imply here. <laughs> uh, I will form a telepathic bond between Olive, Boltzmann, Dr. Crud, the Displacer Beast, and Mr. Langley, the robotic butler. <laughs> okay. We can now all hear each other's thoughts.
0: <laughs> all right. I say hi to the Displacer Beast.
2: Um, cool. She is basically a large <laughs> cat, so, uh, she will ignore you because you said hi. <laughs> Sounds right.
3: Well, if she's not bigger than five feet, she can have a bean's pocket. It's, uh, un- it's occupied right now.
2: Unfortunately, she is ten feet.
3: <laughs> yeah, she won't fit.
2: Perhaps I could reduce her, but let's, uh, talk about the situation, all right? Where are we going from here? The Spanchoni family?
0: I don't normally listen to people I hate, so I'd rather use the mechanics on page 131 of the Dungeon Master's Guide, now you guys know what I was up to this whole time, to sow some rumors. It says, spreading rumors is an efficient if underhanded way to accomplish uh, bringing down a villain or elevating a friend. So I want to get the sheriff fired. (laughs) And it says there's mechanics for how I do that, and I'd like Dr. the III's help. 'Cause there's a charisma check at the end. So I'm like, hey Doctor Crowd the third, don't you feel like that sheriff could have done a better job with handling your case?
3: Oh yeah, he's just like all other law enforcement in this world. He's a piece of shit. I don't give a crap. Let's do it.
0: Yeah. Alright. I love Dr. Crowd the Third. So it says we can spend one gold point per day to cover the cost of drinks, social appearances, and the like. At the end of the time, which depends on the size of the settlement, village, town, or city. The character must make a DC 15 charisma deception or persuasion check. If the check succeeds, the community's prevailing attitude towards the subject shifts one step towards friendly or hostile as the character wishes. Uh, and if we fail, the rumor gains no traction. Um, yeah. So I just want to get him voted out. That's all.
1: Uh, We're replaced. I have made a pretty major mission. Um, I don't have any dice. Give me a second. I'm going to go get my dice tray.
0: As we wait for our DM to get dice, what nasty things are we going to say about the sheriff to get them unelected?
3: He has a small wiener.
0: <laughs> I love it. And
3: <laughs>
0: Boltzmann?
2: Um, we can say that um, the uh, gnome in town doesn't doesn't like anybody else in town.
3: He, you know he hates kitty cats. Uh,
0: yeah, good.
2: <laughs> I don't know enough about the population of this town to understand why they would keep this person in office in the first place. So it's hard to make up
3: rumors.
0: <laughs> That's why we're in the bar right now, <laughs> meeting oh, you, them and finding, into finding the bar, out. Have you... Yes, we've
3: gone to the bar. All okay. Right. you can also say he's actually a secret serial killer.
0: Yeah, so far we've said he's a serial killer and all these other things about him. To anybody who will listen, and we're buying rounds of bar beverages for everybody.
1: <laughs> all right, so let me um, let me backtrack to my bar entrance scenario location description thing. So, uh, right, you head to the bar. So, as you approach yeah. the bar you can kind of hear this gentle rumbling slash jingling noise coming from inside. The bar itself, pretty standard, it's kind of ramshackle, it's kind of wooden. It's, on initial view, it seems more or less deserted. Um, it's not like there's screaming hordes of fighting <laughs> cowboys or whatever in there. You do just notice, uh, um, uh, yeah, as you look over towards the bar, there's a long bar going across one wall, you can just see this sort of a little half a head just poking up over the top of the bar. Um, it's slumped back, and there's drool running down the side of the the barman's mouth. And you figure that, okay, this is uh, this is he's this is not a busy uh, a busy working environment for this guy. We have uh, so this yeah basically the barman is absolutely fast asleep. And as you get closer, as you go into the bar, you realise it's actually his snoring. That is so phenomenally loud that it's actually making the bottles and the glasses on the on the on the shelves behind him rattle. And there's no customers. There is one customer in there. Um, it's a little old man. He's sat in the corner and he's nursing uh, what looks to be a bottle of whiskey all to himself.
3: All right, everybody, be quiet. Let's raid the place and leave.
0: <laughs> but how will that get the sheriff fired? We're
3: here to sow rumors, right? Doctor Crow looks around. We have to have people to do that.
2: There's one person here we could sow a rumor to.
0: Okay, steal all the alcohol, blame it on the sheriff, take alcohol, give to other people, say bad things about sheriff. Yes, I like this plan.
2: How invested are we in this plan? Because I have magical tools that could help.
0: Very invested.
2: <laughs> um, Boltzmann rides up to the. Uh, to the old man who's who's nursing his drink, and says hello.
3: <laughs> and while this is happening, Doctor Crud and Oliver are at the bar just putting drinks in their bags.
0: Yeah, he's sleeping.
3: Oh, Doctor Crud put takes out his uh his uh hole and just starts putting the drinks into the hole. <laughs>
0: the portable hole. No. <laughs> <laughs> I help. <laughs> Oh, I definitely pass like five bottles of whiskey to Boltzmann to help him with what he's doing. That's my help action. <laughs> you so can give him to the old man. Just, I'm just trying to
1: consider how the old man is going to react to seeing a brain in a tube. <laughs> approach him in his in his deliriously ancient drunken state um,
0: with five bottles of whiskey.
1: With five bottles of whiskey. Uh so he, he the so the, the drunken old man he sat there. This is um uh this is uh, 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 the, uh the, the, the 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 character's name is old Captain Krusty, just so you know. <laughs> I'm not I'll I'll be honest, I had not given this character that much depth perception, but um let's run with it. He needs glasses. <laughs> so <laughs> old captain Krusty. <laughs> old captain Krusty. old captain Krusty looks up as boltsman uh wheels across the room is that what you do you wheel. you wheel, don't you i roll you roll as as boltsman rolls across the room with bottles of whiskey in his and again what do you have you don't have hands claws i've got I've got I've got hands, yeah. Okay, you got hands. Robo- robotic, I've got robotic extendable uh, no, no, arms. No, let's face it, it's not you're not going to be carrying anything, are you? Your monkey butler has acquired a tray. He is walking <laughs> beside you with five bottles of whiskey on the tray, uh, ready to present them to Old Captain Krusty. Uh, what is it, old Old Captain Krusty? <laughs> In a reaction to this, Old Captain Krusty, he, he he's an old guy. He's been some places and he's seen some things. Never before. Has he seen a brain in a tube with a walking monkey butler and a 10-foot cat thing approaching him? Um, I, I'm, I'm sad to say this is all a little bit too much for old Captain Krusty, and uh, he, he, he looks up, his eyes start wide, he clutches his chest, and that's, that's tragically the end of old Captain Krusty. <laughs> Captain Krusty he has did. had a heart attack on the spot and died. Now, we've got to be uh. honest with ourselves. It was probably about his time to go. He's been lingering here. Captain Krusty, by the way, was 92 years old. Doctor- and really, it was, only, it was only the preservatives of the whiskey that were keeping him going for this long. So,
3: Dr. Crud rushes over to him after hearing the telltale signs of a heart attack and does, uh, does his medical thing to bring him back. Okay,
1: so, so, um, do we need to do, we need to do some kind of roll to see if that's successful, don't we?
3: Yes. Uh, let me see. I'm going to look at my skills really quick. Da-da-da-da. I'm going to use kooky surgery to crack open his chest, massage his <laughs> heart manually, and then, uh, rebooting him, and then stitch him up. So, <laughs>
0: I love how it sounds horrible, but this is literally what people do.
3: <laughs> so, do you need to make a check for that? Yes, yes. I'm going to use a my medical check.
2: Boltzmann will help you because uh, he's proficient in medicine. He performed surgery on us
3: himself. You, you do realize you're talking to Doctor Crud, who has a
0: well. The help action gives you advantage, Doctor Crud. Okay. Yeah,
3: I think I yeah. already have advantage on medicine checks.
2: I am, of course, but a layman. I've, uh, I've not studied medicine formally. I've just uh, did a surgery here or
3: there. So, so without uh, without the help action, it is going to be twenty five, and my DC for this was fifteen. Okay, so you, that's a successful roll. Um, so with advantage, on- that's going to be a natural twenty, so
1: a thirty. <laughs> <laughs> okay <See? laughs> so not not only do you manage to resurrect old captain crusty actually you've brought him back even healthier and fitter and stronger than he was when he when he passed away yeah he gets um, he uh, springs fif- back to his feet he gets 15 hit points <laughs> there you go um old captain crusty springs back up to his feet uh energized by the vigor of youthful exuberance that you've instilled him with uh, he grabs a bottle of the whiskey off the off the monkey-carried tray in each hand uh, and runs screaming out the door, going, whoop, 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 whoop. And that is, frankly, the last you ever see of old Captain Krusty. Another life save. Let's continue cleaning out the joint. I suppose we can count that as a success.
0: Yeah. Why not?
1: It is. I
3: saved his life. <laughs> Good.
1: And I think, <laughs> um, I mean, to be fair, that's that's probably worthy of an inspiration point, isn't it? I'll take it. Com- completely <laughs> selfless act of of saving uh, a, an old sea captain's life and and bringing him back to, as I said, youthful vigor. So yeah, inspiration point for Doctor Cruds the third. Well done. Uh, right. In in however that whole kind of action, that whole thing that just took place there. Unfortunately, it wasn't quite as quiet as you were trying to keep. So in the oh. meantime, the barman has kind of just come back to his senses. In the, As that was all going on, the barman's come back to his senses. He is, he's now sat behind the bar. Um it, it, He's not sat behind the bar. Let's call it, let's say it was what it is. He's cowering behind the bar. He's kind of got that two hands over the edge. You can just see his eyes and, and, the, and his forehead peering over the bar because, let's face it, This is not something he was expecting to wake up to. He was not expecting to wake up and see a brain in a tube, an eight-foot-tall lizard, uh, or a six-foot-tall lizard, and an eight-foot-tall elephant doctor in his bar, both killing and saving his one and only patron. Um.
0: In front of his (laughs) eyes, as they peek over the counter, Olive drops a bag full of gold, saying, It's your lucky day, we're buying it all! We're hosting a party for everybody in town, and you're our supplier. And that bag of gold clinks heavily because she had five hundred gold left to her name. Because I kept five hundred, I'm very much in debt, you guys. I burned down a mansion. <laughs> I pay it off, <laughs> but I kept five hundred in cash. But uh, anyway, so I'm going to scratch that off and completely pay for a amazing elect. Um, and uh, you, you are going to be our new sheriff, bartender. <laughs> it's going to be an elect what's your name
1: well uh so on that exact point the barman stands up from behind the bar he he blinks in uh, in uh the 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 impossibility of recognition comes across his, his face and he says olive is is that is that is that olive uh, yes and it is it is the one and only scrope McFlanagan. no from the scarsbrook redemption <laughs> So to, li- to, to fill in the backstory, basically on his, on his escape from, uh, from the prison after, <laughs> after Olive so wonderfully saved him from the, 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 the prison warden's champion in her, in her state of invisibility, uh, Scroats wandered the, wandered, the, uh, wandered the region for a little while and ended up stumbling across this, across this ramshackle town. He's found what was basically an empty bar. The only thing in the bar at the time was old Captain Krusty uh, sat in the corner and he decided to take it on himself uh, to, to, to become the barman, because why the hell not? Uh, it's a job. There's enough passers through to make a little bit of money. And he's surrounded by alcohol. Seemed like a good job to Scroat.
0: <laughs> we have an even better job for you, though. How would you like to be the sheriff of this town, Scroat?
1: <laughs> and Scroat says, well, oh, I, I don't know about that, Olive. I mean, you guys you guys helped me out enough as it was last time. I'm not sure I'm, I'm ready to be put in that kind of position of authority. Uh, I think I think I'm happy just being the barman here. It's safe, it's secure. I can keep myself under wraps. The sheriff? No, no, that sounds that sounds a bit too involved for my liking. I will, however, take that 500 gold if it's going spare.
0: Yeah. All right. And then Doctor Crud the Third. We were going to use all this alcohol too.
3: Well, we were going to say the sheriff robbed the place, and then we're going to use yeah. the alcohol to do. Tell everybody that uh, he robbed the place and then loosen him up and then tell him he's a murderer and uh, and uh, all, all this other stuff. He hates cats. And so, I mean, yeah. paying the guy kind of defeats the purpose of him robbing the place.
0: But we can still bribe the whole town with big party, right?
3: <laughs> hey, Scrooge.
0: An election party.
3: Scrooge. That's your name, right?
1: <laughs> that, uh, that's me. That's
3: me. Right, you keep the money, but can you say that this you... you Got knocked out by the sheriff, and when you woke up, that all your stuff was gone.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I can say that, but I mean, who am I going to tell? Um, there was only old Captain Krusty. He's, he's he's gone. He didn't look like he was coming back. And the only other people around here nowadays are the uh, are the Swivel Gang and the, uh, the 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 Pancholi family. And they've none of none of those guys have ever listened to a single thing I've had to say.
3: Well, you are a quote-unquote victim of a crime, so obviously you need to report it, but since it's the sheriff, quote-unquote sheriff, who did the quote-unquote crime, you need to go to the quote-unquote deputy to report the quote-unquote crime, why do I got to do all the thinking for you?
4: Well,
1: because I—I i didn't ask to be put in this position, and I—I I, I don't know what to do. This is—this is is—this is, this is, this is way more stress. I was just looking forward to having a nice, quiet sleep in my bar and having a few whiskies later on tonight with Old Captain Krusty. This is—I didn't ask for any of this. But uh, all right, look. If you you give me five hundred gold, that's 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 a that's a fair fair few quid for me, and that'll keep me in that'll keep me in booze for for many a year. Booze and booze and potato stew. So all right, tell you what, I'll I'll go and I'll go and try and have a chat with the deputy. But I mean, it's going to be difficult because they're, they're they're pretty inseparable them two. I mean that that deputy is not exactly he's not exactly Mister Proactive. That deputy he normally just sits there waiting to be told what to do from the sheriff. I've never even seen him do anything. I don't think. But all right, I'll go and I'll go and have a chat, and I'll see I'll see what comes of it. Good, that's all we ask. No problem. Scroot who do they listen to in this town? Obviously, you know, when when it comes to the Swivel Gang, it's old Jimmy Swivel Hands, who's the boss of that gang. Um, he gets to say what happens at that side of town, and then then over at the old Pancioni family, it's Mama Pancioni who's who's in charge. Um. But, you know, if you asked each of them who's going to listen to each other, well, I mean, they've been at loggerheads for months now. Uh, you know, there's, it, we're basically in a gang war situation right now, and, and, you know, I don't know who's 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 best to go and talk to about it, really. What's the war about? There's nothing here. And you I mean, you say there's nothing else here, but didn't you see the big rock as you came on in? We were drugged. Uh, oh, 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 uh, well... Huh. Okay, makes sense, I suppose. Well, no, I mean the the the. So I mean, I I don't I don't know the ins and outs of it all, but I try and keep out of it as much as I can. But what I do know is basically there's the big rock over there. If you pop outside the bar and turn around, it's it's kind of back over your shoulder when you go out the front. You'll see it. You can't miss it. It's a bloody big rock. Legend has it that underneath that rock well there's definitely a mine down there, some back in the day, some of the people that used to live in this town used to mine in that rock and they found a few bits of gold and a few you know a few gemstones and stuff that kept them kept kept this town funded, but it's been abandoned for years and years, and then a few months ago, all of a sudden the swivel the swivel gang showed up and they start talking about it, coming in here asking me questions about what's going on down that mine and 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 can we get down there and uh, what, what do you know about it i just shrugged and i said i don't know i don't know nothing i'm not going to go near that mine it's an abandoned mine shaft. what am i doing going down abandoned mine shaft? no no nothing doing me whatsoever and then, and then literally a few days later, the old Pancholi family started, came along and they started asking me the same questions, exactly the same bloody questions. What's going on down that mine? I want to go down that mine. Do you know anything the background down the mine? I said, no, I don't know nothing what's going on down that mine. It's got nothing to do with me whatsoever. You want to go down that mine, you go and have a look down that mine, is what I said. And that, that was where I left it. So occasionally one of the groups comes in here and, you know, tops up on a whiskey or has a few drinks or have a little party on the bandstand in the corner there, you know, get the old tinkle tankle piano out. But apart from that, I just try and keep myself to myself. So you want to find out more, you're best off going and speaking to either one of them and, and, try and try and work out what's going on. I think I'm starting to put two and
2: two together. The Panchoni family must have kidnapped us to try and get the Fire Breathing Kittings Guild to go down into the abandoned mineshaft to retrieve whatever riches are there.
3: Sounds to me like all we gotta do, blow up the mineshaft, no more war. <laughs>
2: Mm. Uh, Dr. Karad, are we trying to to end the gang? war? we're trying to enrich ourselves. We're a mercenary guild.
3: Or <laughs> we can just watch them fight over it and then just, you know, grab everything that's left.
2: I don't know about you, but I need money for a chemical experiments.
0: I am greatly in debt.
3: So you guys are good for letting them fight it out and then picking up all the stuff I later after they're all dead?
2: It's an option. I would rather snatch it from under their noses.
3: So, okay, sounds like you want to go down to the mine shaft, shaft, Olive.
0: I want to get the sheriff unelected.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we, that's
1: we'll be doing that as we go. Okay, we've already started that. The the, the, the un- undermining the sheriff's credibility a, a, has kicked off. Uh, I'd say that's as, as the DM, I'd say that's probably going to be a, a, a gently lingering and progressive, uh, you know, thing that happens in, in, in the background of this scenario. We might find out what happens to the sheriff by the end of it. But um, let, let's say that that's that is underway as we speak.
3: This is actually not the yeah. first time that we've done this either. There was a small Western town that had a shit sheriff and we did the same thing to him. Of course, they all have shit sheriffs. Wouldn't that stand it?
0: I think we left that one in power. Yeah.
3: With the uh, caveat that we were taking him out of power. So it was still happening. Mm. I mean, he hid in a jail cell while his town was being overrun by yeah. bad guys. Yeah.
0: I think we just walked away. <laughs> I think we were all just like, Bye. <laughs> Uh, But this time, I'm going to do something about it. I've grown, I've matured, and now I understand that if a victim stays silent, it enables further victimization. So I've matured, and I understand that it's my responsibility to not stay silent. I'm going to do something about it. Even if that's just killing him in his sleep, it'll solve the problem, too.
2: Olive, we were drugged, we ended up on the edge of town, and they took us in and put us in a cell. I would not say that's worth murdering somebody over, but I like that our ideologies have swapped.
0: <laughs> well, so let's do what you guys want to do, and I'd like to keep an ear out for where the sheriff lives.
3: Oh, you're going to burn it down. Gotcha.
0: No, that, that'll that get you in debt. No property destruction for me. Just <sighs> murder. Wink. Wink.
3: <laughs> All right, let's go explore this shaft.
0: The question is, should
2: we... Do some recon, gather information with either the Panchoni family or the swivel gang before we head down this mineshaft.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea.
3: Well, the Pachoni family, they drugged us. You really want to go talk to them, get drugged again?
0: Yes, let's not eat anything this time. I know I eat something every time. I finally learned my lesson.
2: Besides, I know a thing or two about swiveling and Boltzmann <laughs> swivels on his axis. Let's go talk to old Jimmy Swivelhatton, shall we?
0: Oh, yes, you've got the body of a dancer.
1: <laughs> okay, so it sounds to me like we've got one vote for the Panchoni family from Olive and one vote to go see the Swivel gang.
0: Oh, I'm flexible.
1: Boltsman. I vote. Okay.
0: Yeah, whatever you guys want to do, let's go do. I don't want to go in the hole first.
2: Dr. Crud third. it's up to you.
3: Well, I already put my vote down. I think go yeah, down that- the hole, steal whatever they want, so they don't even get it. That's your money that you want so desperately.
1: Right then,
0: and Boltzmann wants to go talk to the Swivels, so I vote Swivels, and that's two out of three. There swivels. you go,
1: <laughs> Swivel gang, it is. So uh, you turn, so you you head outside the bar. Um, as you're coming out, you do look behind you, over your shoulder, just to see what the hell that kind of rock is. And yeah, actually, you you, you kind of get what uh, what what Scrope was talking about here. Um, it's 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 a big damn rock. It's uh, you know uh uluru level of of rock going on in the background uh so but you you go, okay you, you you recognize where it is you you, you, you realize you, you might be popping up that direction at some point in time but for now you're heading right down the street towards the uh swivel gang theater the swivel Hand gang they have moved themselves into the old uh cabaret theater uh building down the way so you, uh, uh, you you come up to the building from the outside. It's got you know classic theatre. There's steps leading up into it. Uh, once you as you come in, there's kind of the uh, the the entrance hall, kind of foyer kind of area. First thing you notice is that um, it's pretty much empty, apart from you know, dotted around the the, the 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 room. There's these kind of piles of, uh, of of furniture, tables, chairs, bookshelves, bits and pieces of you know just general rubble. Have been piled up and uh, into kind of barricade type um, type arrangements, and and you notice that there's this uh, this little tiny halfling just clambering over them. He's got he's got a fist of nails in one hand, he's got a hammer in the other, and he's just clambering all over these things and banging nails into stuff uh, left, right, and centre. Um, the um, uh, he looks up at you uh, and, and he grins at you, uh, and when he grins at you, you notice that the teeth look kind of strange, and they're they're these. Weird, dark, pointy. On closer inspection, you realise that he's basically got a mouthful of pointed mahogany teeth. What's your reaction?
3: What time's the next show?
1: <laughs> show, he says. Show? There's no shows in here, mate. I don't know what you're talking about. This is a Swiveland gang, and if you knew any better, you wouldn't just come barging in here making weird proclamations like that, would you?
3: Well, I mean, how was I supposed to know I say said- you're in a cabaret, so you have to have shows because shows plus cabaret is, they go hand in hand together. So show us a show. Give us a show.
1: I well, got a gold for well, it. I, I mean, I can see the logic behind your statement here, but, um, but I, I assure you there ain't no shows going on, on, on down here. And if, and if, and if Jimmy heard you kind of using that kind of language in front of us, in front of the swivel gang, then yeah, you'd be, you, you might be in for a show, but it ain't going to be the kind of show you want to be seeing. So uh, uh, yeah, I suggest you. I suggest you just think twice about the way you're, you know, the way you're talking to me. And uh, and I, uh, oh, you know, I'm 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 Kelvin the carpenter, mate. Have you have you not heard of me?
3: Dance for me, Kelvin.
1: <laughs> I don't <laughs> dance for anyone. Well, what I will do is I'll nibble your kneecaps off, mate. If you don't if you don't park it.
3: Doctor Cred sits uh, down. Uh, All right, I parked it. Dance uh,
1: uh, <laughs> on 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 the back of that commotion. Uh, another uh, another three or four uh, people start sort of poking their heads out of the main. So, so the, the, obviously the um, in the foyer there's stairs going up into the actual main theatre hall, and and the, the the rest of the swivel gang start coming out from the top of the stairs shouting down. Oh, Kelvin, Kelvin, what's 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 going on down there? What's, what's what's all this what's all this ruckus? It's not them panchonis again, is it? And Kelvin screams like, "No, nah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who it is, mate. It's it's this some damn great elephant thing that's just coming here, mouthing off and giving it all the beans. I don't know what's going on." I'm not a thing. I'm a person, you dummy. Well, well, person, elephant, thing, person. You you know what I mean? You're look at you. You're a big elephant, aren't you? I don't know. I don't know what to call you. Ah, uh,
3: Doctor Crud. That's what you can call me. You need to show me some respect.
1: All right then, Doctor Crud. Seeing as you 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 seem to be you know. You haven't kept on the aggressive foot. Oh, oh, fair enough. Dr. Crud, nice to meet you. My name's Kelvin. Up there on the stairs, uh, that's my boss up up there. Uh, that's, that's Jimmy, Jimmy Swivelhands. Um, then we've got, uh, just next to him, we've got... Uh, next to him is Seamus the Bastard, uh, that, that, that half-orc right next to him. And then um, uh, that's, the, uh, that's, the, that's his right-hand man just there. Uh, that's uh, Silly Joe Bangles, the tiefling. What is it you? Uh, what is it you want then? What, what are you even doing here?
3: Well, we okay came for a show, but uh, if the show's off the table, what can you
1: do for us? And you hear uh, one of the voices from upstairs, which is silly Joe Bangles. going, hey, look! It's the losers from the from the sheriff's place. They them them their guys sat in that cell. They think they can come in here and start mouthing off at us and our gang, Jimmy. What we going to do about this? And Jimmy says. Okay, calm, come come, come come down, calm down, Joe, calm down. Let, let's hear them out. We don't know who they are. We don't know why they're there. Let's just, let's just listen to them. What you got to say for yourself, boys, and 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 lizard girl?
3: Well, first, we're not losers. Second, that's not a lizard girl. That's Olive, and she has eighty teeth. So you best watch yourself, because she knows how to use them.
0: I smile.
1: Oh, and uh, uh, Joe jo, jo Bangle's reels in in obvious discomfort and an an 80 toothed six foot lizard woman that could clearly tear his throat out in in the the drop of a second's hat hey olive okay your name's olive that's great that's great tell me what you're doing here what you want
3: well again we came here for a show the gold, one gold offered for for calvin to to dance for me he he's refusing so we did hear you mention the suppository peak family or whatever the heck their name is we think they drugged us, and if you got on the outs with them, then they're on the outs with us. That makes us friends. So, what the hell you want to do with that? Uh, you want to be friends? You want to team up? You want to kick their butts? And what's what's up with the uh,
1: the mines? Well, hey, okay, so that's that's a lot of questions. Um, so yeah, I mean, the Pancholi family, they. Uh they i mean they're just a bunch of bastards right they they turn up here after we're trying to get in the mine and trying to find the treasure and uh uh they've just been disrupting our work causing us problems no you know we yeah we hate the damn panchoni family as much as anybody uh uh what what was the other question oh the mine with the mine i mean we've uh we sent three of our guys down the mine a few days ago um and we ain't heard a single thing back from them since i mean we had this uh, this storm kicked off about a day after they left. They uh, they went down in that mine. We've had th- two, three straight days of absolute torrential downpour around here. You can probably see in the street, it's full of mud. And uh, God knows what's happened to them boys down that mine. So uh, we was just about to st- send someone down there and try and look after them. Now the rain stopped. But um, uh, I'm wondering now maybe if you guys can go and do it. Because, uh, you know, we're short-staffed here. We... We ain't got enough people to defend ourselves. A panchoni family push on us right now. Then we can just about look after ourselves, but but if we send a few more boys away, then we're gonna be in a problem. So uh, hey, how how about you guys wanna go down that down 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 that there mine shaft and try and find our find our friends?
3: Why were they down there in the first place? That was the original question, which you did you dodged masterfully, I must wow. say. But you know what? I'm gonna come back and I'm still gonna ask, what's up with the mine?
1: Well, I mean, this is—I uh, don't know how much I want to tell you about this stuff because it's—it's—it's uh, it's all a bit sensitive. But um, well, you hate the suppositories. We hate
3: the suppositories. That means it makes us friends. So tell us
1: <laughs> how do now? How do I know you 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 hate the suppositories? The, 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 the Panchonis. <laughs> <laughs> I told you they
3: drugged us. We woke up in a jail cell. You would hate them too.
1: And nah, but may- maybe maybe you just saying that maybe you've been sent over here by the Panchoni family trying to wheedle your way into our good books so that we start to trust you and we uh you know how do we know we can trust you
3: because i'm gonna roll a persuasion and you're gonna roll an insight
1: fair <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> uh what am i doing oh tell me then what have you hang on i've got a Character sheet. You're rolling it against Jimmy Swivel Hands, yeah. Yeah. So insight. Uh, this is this is so. You, you bet. This is this is the point where you guys are gonna help me out here. I know I'm a DM, but my my D and D knowledge isn't isn't is is still in progress. So I have rolled because it's the sp- truth. I
0: mm-hmm. would say that a high insight would be good like if they roll a high insight then they can understand that they're being told the truth and because it's the truth you're going to use persuasion and again i think a high role right because it's not like contest it's not a contested role mm. it's an attempt at establishing a valid communication channel
1: cool so what yep. you're
0: trying here is to communicate with one another
1: so i've rolled a 22 on the insight check for this holy dude. cow so he is he is, he's, he, he gets it. He's, he, he's a good, he's a good judge of character, this Jimmy Swivel Hands. You know, being a, being a mob boss, you've got to have a pretty, pretty, pretty solid read on people. Um, yeah. so he's open minded, willing to listen. What did, what did, what did your role, Dr. Crud? 23 for persuasion. Well, there you
3: so go. So we have then. a
0: situation where someone effectively communicated and someone was listening.
1: There
3: you yeah?
0: go.
1: Hey, this is, but well, we can learn a thing or two about positive <laughs> communication exchanges from this podcast. So. <laughs> Jimmy Swivelhands. So, Jimmy, does that mean we're friends? Dr. Kurt? I got no reason to doubt with what you're saying. You seem to me like a genuine stand-up kind of guy. I would like to be your friend.
3: All right, so tell me what's, go- what's going on, what's down there.
1: Well, so what's going on? So we, let me give you the full, full story here, because I think we've earned it, you've earned it, and we we, we want to get off on the right start. So, basically, we came here three, four months ago now, We've been. Uh, we were searching for a little bit of treasure. We 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 heard rumor in the, in the way that uh, that down in that mine there's some kind of treasure. We don't know exactly what it is. We know it was abandoned. We know that people were digging down there a few years ago, and they came up with a few bits of goods. But there's there's always been a rumor. There's something bigger and more mysterious going on. So we thought we'd come out here. Uh, and see if we could find find ourselves a little bit of treasure and the reason why we're doing this and i you know i know we're supposed to be a mob and i know i'm supposed to be all high and mighty and evil and and it's all supposed to be about crime but but basically back where we come from we've been at war for years and years and um we've basically got a situation where we have we have little kids running through the streets they're 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 little orphans from all the families that have been knocked off at the war and Really, all I wanted to do was 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 find a bit of money, go back to our home and build ourselves an orphanage so we could look after these little kids, keep them safe, keep them fed, keep them warm.
2: Boltzmann is going to cast Detect Thoughts, which allows him to uh, read the surface thoughts of anybody around him at this time. I can read you the spell if that helps.
1: It, I have no idea what you're talking about, so yes, <laughs> please read the spell. I think I've come across Detect Thoughts in the past, but yeah, let's, let's yeah. read it out. Let's, let's see what's, what, what you're thinking.
2: You can read the thoughts of certain creatures when you cast a spell, uh, and as your action or each turn until the spell ends, you can focus your mind on any one creature that you can see within 30 feet of you. If the creature you choose is an intelligence of three or lower, or doesn't speak any language, then the creature is unaffected. You initially learn the surface thoughts of the creature, what is most on its mind in that moment... As an action, you can either shift your attention to another creature's thoughts or attempt to probe deeper into the same creature's minds. I'm not doing that right now. I'm just trying to read the surface thoughts of Jimmy's swivel hands.
1: Okay, so you're the, the, the surface thoughts of Jimmy, his internal monologue to himself is, God damn, I hope these guys come on board. We could really use the help here, and I, I really hope we get to find this treasure and we can actually do something good for once in our goddamn lives.
2: I, uh, Boltzmann, will passed his information... On to Olive and Dr. Crud, telepathically.
0: <laughs> Olive thinks back, I found my new sheriff.
2: And it appears
3: we have. All right, Jimmy, I I hear you. That that's a, that's a noble pursuit. We can get, we can help each other. We have an orphanage already built, already established. We will take your kids. We will raise them upright and then we will release them into the wild after they become adults.
1: Okay, so, you know, that sounds... What
2: orphanage do we have? We have multiple orphanages.
3: Yeah. No, it's, uh, fi- there's orphanages, trust us. Yeah, it's the Fire Breathing <laughs> Kittens Orphanage.
2: Uh,
1: there's never enough orphanages.
0: What? Oh, is this from Sea Scouts and Theater Bouts, that orphanage?
1: Wasn't there, um, who, what's the, what's the acronym?
0: Heinz Helping Orphans.
1: Heinz to helping orphans. It. <laughs> there's
3: the
0: Cookie Castle
1: Orphanage in Nicomoi.
0: There's Cookie Castle and there's Heinz. <laughs> yes. Okay.
1: No, Heinz the H, the HH, uh, yeah, yeah. HHO acronym that we we kind of there's multiple ac- Yeah, yes, the Heinz the, the, the yeah. orphanage.
0: Just sorry, we got so many orphanages, we gotta <laughs> keep track of them.
1: <laughs> Still,
3: yeah, we have we have we have so many orphanages, they're covered. It's
4: ah. fine.
2: <laughs> yeah uh, uh, but if it's any consolation the world never seems to run out of orphans so uh feel free to start up a new one
1: <laughs> so okay so i gotta say as as a, as a dm i'd completely forgotten about I'd, until you mentioned it there i'd completely forgotten about all the pre-orphanage stuff so i hadn't i hadn't even factored that into my equation yeah. so no so, yeah. so jimmy Sw- jimmy swivel hands he, he he looks thoughtful for a minute he's clearly you know he, he's he, you can tell he's a he's an upstanding guy at, at least at this level he may have done a few dodgy things in the past uh, and he's and he's just thinking he it, it eventually turned around and said you know what the guys that's a great offer i love the offer but no i think these 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 kids have been they've been through so much trauma through so much stress in their lives they we don't want to take them away from their home the town is their home there's people around them that they know it might not be their family anymore but it's definitely people they know i really want to be building the orphanage in this town in our home and that's what i want the money for so you know, we, we do appreciate the offer. I get what you're trying to do, but no, no, let's, well, I really want to try and get that treasure so we can build this orphanage.
3: Well, of course, that that's that doesn't say anything here nor there. We're also coming up with more plans. Here's another one, and hear me out with this. We establish you as sheriff. And when you become sheriff, you arrest the suppository family for all the charges you can think of. And then now you have the suppository house. There is your orphanage.
1: So, hey, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the, the, the police and the law. <laughs> I never have been don't think I ever will be. Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind being in position of sheriff, but the trouble is with, with the with the Panchoni family, you keep calling them the suppository family, but we should at least call them what they are so I know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> the Panchoni family. They, um, the problem we got there is we, we, it's a stalemate. You know, they, they, their gang and, and our gang, we're, we're pretty much level to level. And, and, you know, we try to push them a few more, especially with our three guys down the mineshaft. We, 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 we're on the back foot with these guys. So even if I was sheriff, ain't no sheriff around here got no more authority than the people I got with me right now. So, you know, what we're going to do? I don't think we can go in there, kick the door down and win that fight. Well, if we would find the treasure, then they would leave, Right. Hey, if the treasure's gone, the treasure's gone. What, what what you're absolutely right, what are they gonna do? They ain't gonna do nothing. They just gotta leave once the treasure's gone.
3: Alright, I'll tell you what, we'll go down there, you think on this, this sheriff thing, and then while we're down there, you know, maybe write a few campaign slogans and we'll come back with your hopefully your people breathing and hopefully a treasure, but we'll see what happens.
0: And we'll throw you a party at the bar with lots of alcohol to get you elected.
1: Hey, now I like the sound of that. Sure,
0: free beer for everybody. Vote for Jimmy Swivelhands. Woo!
1: Yeah, Jimmy Swivelhands, Sheriff Jimmy Swivelhands. That that's got a ring to it, you know. Uh, okay, so yeah, good. So two things we 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 need to check on. We need to check on our guys down in that mine, and we need to try and find some trying try to find ourselves some treasure.
0: All right. Bye.
3: Well, wow. one one more thing, Olive. <laughs> I need just need a little bit of motivation, so Calvin needs to dance for me.
0: <laughs> You're twisted.
1: <laughs> Calvin looks up at Jimmy. <laughs> oh, don't don't make me! Do, come on, boss! Don't make me do it! I'm Calvin the Carpenter. I'm a stone cold killer. You can't make me dance in front of these guys. And Jimmy says, "Hey, you know what, Calvin?" I've always thought you'd look pretty loud on your feet. I really wanna see you dance, boy. <laughs> see, tell you do your dance, do your thing. Dude, you're gonna do it for me because I'm your boss. Kelvin <laughs> Kelvin looks looks massively, massively disjointed.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. He, We're so gonna he, get Jimmy elected and he's gonna get killed by Kelvin.
1: <laughs> Kelvin goes, Okay, but you you know what, boss? <laughs> you know what, boss, you've always been good to me, so I, and I got a little dance number in my pocket that I've been saving for an occasion just like this. So, all right, I'll give you my little dance. And um, and he basically wheels out a Dick Van Dyke-esque Cockney chimney sweep routine for the next for the next thirty <laughs> to forty-five seconds. Uh, there's lots of you know <laughs> arm bouncing and heel clicking and and uh, and, and uh, from, from from nowhere you know the, the the other the other the other boys the swivel gang come down and, and do it and actually it turns out to be a pretty pretty slick pretty clean little cabaret routine they they, they put together. Um, uh, uh, and I uh, knew it.
2: You are better at dancing than you are at carpentry, and I knew it from the moment I saw you.
1: From now on, you will be known as Calvin the dancer. <laughs> Yeah, you see, now this is this is what look look. You see what I mean, Jimmy? This is what I was afraid of. Right, I have got a reputation at stake here, and you've just ruined it, boss. You've ruined it. but... Your hey. carpentry is shoddy. <laughs> <laughs> I I know, mate. It's not so much about the my carpentry was more about my teeth than the actual carpentry skills I came with. It was one of them names, but yeah, I right, get you. Anyway, Kelvin's routine finishes off uh, hopefully to a thunderous applause from the uh, the, the the members of the the, the fire breathing kittens guild. Uh, for his routine, uh, he he actually really appreciates it. He takes a little bow and uh, and then sidles off into the corner behind one of the barricades. Well, hold I'm on, a minor illusion
2: to amplify the the applause a little bit.
3: Yeah, here's your gold, Calvin. That was a very good job. Thank you. Easy, ah, it was worth it, wasn't it?
1: All right, and Calvin's Calvin's not proud. He he, he he pokes his head out, grabs the gold, and sneaks back off again.
3: Thank you, dancer monkey. Let's go. <laughs> Right,
2: oh, so no, Doctor Crow, don't disrespect the institution of dance, alright? It's an art form like any other.
3: Look, his initial way of dealing with us, he was a he was an a hole. So yeah, I'm gonna treat him like that. I concur, just don't disrespect the dance. No, I wasn't disrespecting the dance. I was disrespecting him. We are on the same page. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't understand what's going on anymore. Who the heroes are?
1: Me, me neither. This has taken so many more twists and turns than I was expecting. Uh, but hey, we—I we, think we might be at the point where we're actually going to possibly flip back to the root of the story that I thought might occur. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not—I'm not certain, but we'll see. So,
0: before we leave, I do want to ask, silly Joe, silly Joe Bangles, the Tiefling. Mm. Hey, uh. Where does Sheriff Sondercup live?
1: Sondercup? Gee, um I mean he lives at the sheriff's place. I don't think I've ever seen him go anywhere else or do anything else apart from sit in that room and sleep. Um
0: He lives in the jail?
1: Uh there's a, there, there is a there is a you know there's a there's a there's a, 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 a an apartment um above the, the 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 jail. I've I've always just assumed he lives there.
0: Okay. Thanks.
2: By the way, Jimmy, before we take our leave, um, if you see old Captain Krusty running around, I believe he would make a good deputy. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Goodbye. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, listeners, you can't see our DM. He's dying. He's laughing. He's turned lobster red, and his hands are, like, pushing his eyes deep into his head.
1: Yes, we have broke him. <laughs> i will uh so hey d- d- yep mr mr brain tube guy you know what um i, I you know I, I think silly joe's gonna be a little bit upset if i don't make him my deputy because he is my right hand man but i will i will keep it in mind and and if and if, if old captain Krusty ever comes back in here we'll we'll make sure we look after him and we make him part of the squad <laughs> that's
2: all i ask for
3: cool. all right let's head down the mine oh thank god
1: right <laughs> <laughs>
3: So as we're walking to the mine, Dr. Crow looks at the other two. Well, we're definitely keeping that money, right? We're stealing from an orphanage? There is no orphanage.
0: If we steal the money, there won't be.
3: Well, there still will be, because he's, be he's, he's going to be sheriff. He's going to arrest all the Pamperosas, and uh, then all their stuff's his stuff, and there's an orphanage. It's good.
0: Hey, let's not count our baby crocodiles before they hatch. Let's get down there and see what the treasure is, and if there's gold, we'll deal with it then.
3: Five, five baby crocodiles. Agreed.
1: We're 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 leaving the uh, cabaret theater area, and we're we're heading out towards the big rock. So we turn right out of the out of the rock. As we're heading out, uh, we see a plume of sp- of of of. of, of well, it's not really dust because it's not dry enough after all the rain, but the kind of this, this plume of mud splatter and spray coming along and you see a, a, a wagon charging towards you with um, uh, at least at least four or five people that you can see on it. There's a wagon full of, full of people charging full places at you. There's four horses. They are gunning it into your face. You don't know who it is. You don't know what they want and you don't know what's going to happen the next. And on that note, we're going to call it a break. Joining us this time were Dr. Crud. Slow down. It's the school zone, you jackass. <laughs> Olive. Bye. And Boltzmann. Hello.
0: Oh,
3: and leave us a five-star review because it really does help. And then I will love you forever. And you know what? I'll even read it out for you if you specifically ask me to read it out for you. And if you don't specifically ask me to read it out for you, I'm still going to read it because guess what? Yeah.
1: There you go. That is a promise. (laughs) See you next time.
0: We hope that you're enjoying this episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes.com. If you leave us a review, we'll read it on air. It's fun listening to the words of your review get read by the characters you know and love. So go to iTunes.com and leave us a review today. Can you think of someone who might enjoy this podcast? Please share it with them. Is their birthday coming up? A special anniversary? Would you like us to wish them a happy day on your behalf? You can arrange for us to read your shout out on air at firebreathingkittenspodcast.com through our partnership with the website Buy Me a Coffee. Do you enjoy reading books? You can find paperbacks and ebooks based on our adventures on Amazon.com in the bookstore, Fire Breathing Kittens, that part's all one word, podcast. The authors do a great job of adapting the stories into fun novels. We also have official merchandise on Redbubble.com. Imagine owning a notepad with the Fire Breathing Kitten logo on the front, or a t shirt with one of your favorite characters. And lastly, I'd like to take a moment to sincerely thank all of you. We don't pay to advertise this show, so the only way we can grow is through the support of listeners like you. Thank you.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to this episode of The Fire Breathing Kittens. Thank you. We are joined again by Boltzmann. Hello, everybody. By Olive.
0: Hey. Hey.
1: And by Dr. Crud the Third.
3: Thank you all for not stealing my line this time. Howdy.
1: Okay, it left you to last so you could, you could pick and choose and they couldn't copy you, these, these damn plagiarists. <laughs> so who's going to recap for us where we've got to and what happened in the first half of this episode?
0: You roll a dice, we'll all roll a dice. Whoever's closest to the number you roll it goes. So, for example, I rolled a 12. Everybody else?
1: 15 one. It's going to be Mr. Boltzmann. All right. Bapperson rules.
0: <laughs> Tell us about mm. the horrible things your party members got up to <laughs> last time.
2: <laughs> now, today has been an eventful day. <laughs> and that is, in my eventful life, comparatively rare. So I'm here to uh, explain everything. First of all, we woke up. In a jail cell. Now this is not a terribly unusual thing. But we did not remember being transferred there. And the sheriff told us that we were somehow drunk on the outskirts of town. And asked to be put in the cell by the Panchioni family. Now I've never heard of any Panchioni family. But this was bad news to me. So we were let out immediately. And put together that we were at the fire-breathing kitten's guild hall with a half-elf, who was new and tried to be recruited. And we passed out, probably from Hypno and woke up in this jail cell. And the Pancioni family has probably had a hand in it. They asked to see us, but we did not do what they asked us to do. Instead, we went to the bar, where there was a sleeping barman... "'named Scroat McFlanagan. "'I've never heard of the guy, but he seemed all right to me. "'And an old fellow named Old Captain Crusty, "'who upon my approach immediately died, "'after which the good Dr. the Third brought him back to life. "'And he ran about in the streets, "'and I presume we will never see him again. "'Then we went over to the cabaret, "'where it would appear a crime was being committed.' The crime was that the cabaret is not being used as a dance hall, but as the base for a gang, the gang of Jimmy Swivelhands. Now, I have not heard of Jimmy Swivelhands either, but I did not see him swivel his hands all that much. And it was not just Jimmy. There was Kelvin the Carpenter, Seamus the Bastard, and Silly Joe Bangles, a handsome man if you ask me. Calvin the Carpenter and Dr. Crud went on a whole whole tour roasting one another. I think there was some tension there, but I could not tell whether it was sexual or <laughs> adversial in nature. It seems by the, the first end. One. Dr. <laughs> Crud the Third got the upper hand. <laughs>
3: And what, uh, do- Jimmy Swimmerhunt was,
2: was, uh, do- was, was friendly to us, right, and told us about the abandoned mine, information we'd pieced together ourselves, but apparently there's treasure in there that they will need to start up an orphanage. We promised to bring them the treasure so that they can do that and become the sheriff of this town and depose the incompetent fools that rule it now. We headed off toward the mines, and we saw a carriage headed toward us. And as I readied my rocket launcher we were in this moment and i started narrating the entire episode so far telepathically to my friends
0: (laughs) your life flashed before your eyes and you shared it with us
1: indeed i love the way how we had a meta loop close off to that whole to, to that whole piece that was excellent very good. So that's where we are. So the the wagon is charging towards us. Uh, do we have any ideas who we think might be might be aboard that wagon?
0: The people we refused to see in the first half. Oh,
1: our players have insight. This is very good. This is very good. <laughs>
0: The plot absolutely. will be forced upon
1: us. <laughs> you will, you will follow my plot points, <laughs> you swine. So, so, absolutely. So the the, the wagon is the wedding is heading full pelt towards you. The closer it gets, you start to see a little bit more uh, of the uh, uh, yeah, a little bit more detail of the individuals aboard that wagon. Are they armed? Up front, uh, you, you will soon to find out. Uh, up front uh, is the biggest form that you can see on on the wagon. Uh, it, as you peer into the distance, it looks like it looks like a, a, a Goliath uh, is the one on front, driving the horses and leading the wagons forwards. Uh, sat next to him is uh, a, a a youngish, you know, sort of early twenties, uh, late late twenties Dragonborn uh and then there's two other two other characters in the back. One looks slightly larger and more more rotund and the other one is is relatively slender and delicate, but you can't quite make them out cuz they're behind the first two guys and that Goliath is a is a bloody big dude, so it's kind of hard to see But as you correctly surmised, this is indeed the Panchoni family and they are charging towards you. So, what do you do?
3: Dr. Crud will uh take Jenny out of the pocket, put her on the side of the street, and then Stand right in front of the carriage with his hand out.
1: Boltzmann, Olive, any supporting actions? We're we just going to leave Crud to, to take this one on face first.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Boltzmann is going to ready a spell as soon as they uh, will draw weapons.
1: Is that is that uh, where you're looking for, DM? It's absolutely fine by me. I was going to give Olive a chance. Any, anything, any action from your side, Olive?
0: Olive is going to climb she can run vertically and her movement is 50 feet for example if this is a 100 foot tall building she can use her action downgraded into a movement and then use her movement to get up to the top of the building so I'd like to run up to the top of a building near dr crud the third
1: yeah so the nearest building to you is going to be uh, you got the bar the end of the, so there's the sort of the main street is going off to your left again and you're heading up Uh, let's call it north because why not towards the rock so the nearest building to you is the bar on the left yeah that's a relatively you know so let's call it a three-story building so uh yeah you can run up to the top of that building you're perched on the roof of the bar uh to the left hand side of dr crud
2: Boltzmann will also start a a, a combat dance and start a uh a blade
1: song giving him intelligence to ac very good so uh, as the wagon approaches, uh, fortunately, I mean, again, I'm not quite sure who would win on this uh, on this game of chicken, Doctor Crud or the wagon. Uh, it's probably fifty uh, fifty. Let's say the Goliath realizes that and uh, and he and he and he starts to pull up the horses. The horses scream to a halt, inches, bare millimeters, in fact, in front of Doctor Crud's uh, upraised hand. You can feel the snort of their breath on your fingertips as they uh, as they dance and pad and stamp around in front of you as the as, as the wagon comes to a screaming halt.
3: Doctor Crud pats the horse on the snout, walks over to the driver, and says Alright, look, you were going way too damn fast on these city streets, a uh, license and registration.
1: <laughs> uh, so the Goliath just looks, looks down at you, shrugs, and goes. Huh. But from the back of the wagon <laughs> Mamma mia che pale rompicoyoni. So you hear a voice from the back of the wagon say, Hey, what's uh, what's uh, this? Uh, what's uh, this all about? Uh, uh, you you want to stop me in my town? Who, who who are you? Who do you think you are?
3: Uh, all right, sir, ma'am, whatever the hell you are, I'm not talking to you. This is between me and the driver. He was going way too damn fast, and I want to see his license registration, and proof of insurance.
1: And the driver just looks at you again and grunts. Ugh. Boltzmann will
2: address uh, the the Italian uh, lady. Mama Pancione, I presume. Hey see isamia is uh, what do you want uh, how are you?
1: What do you want? You came at us. Hey we're just driving in the street we 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 we, got, we we're on our way home. We didn't even see you there apart from apart from the fact that it's an eight tall foot tall elephant but until he until he stepped down in the street we didn't even see him.
2: Right well in that case uh, there's no conflict between our parties except for the
1: driver and uh our local friend here so Let's let them sort it out. <laughs> and as 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 you say that, Mama Panchoni she sticks her head out and realizes exactly who it is she's talking to, and she says, "Ah, it's our friends from the uh, from the jail cell." You've woken up, then. We're not friends. Hey, what is, hey, what is it? What is it, mean? We found you. We found you in the street, and we take you somewhere safe. We put you away. We look after you. We we you know we we did the right thing
3: by putting us in jail. No. It was for your own. You should have taken us to a hospital, you dummy.
1: You'd see a hospital around here? There ain't no hospital around here. There ain't no such thing. There ain't no even a doctor around here. The closest thing we got to a doctor is is Deputy Coolmouse in the Sheriff's Office. So that's why we sent you there.
3: hmm
2: Here's the thing. We were drugged and kidnapped and dropped on this side of town. So the question is, how did we get there? And why
3: were we directed and why do you do it?
1: Hey, we, we, you, you don't know, we did a nothing. We didn't do a nothing. What, what do you mean? What do you mean? And just as you say that, uh, the other figure from the back of the wagon pops her head out and it just so happens to be a, a rather attractive uh, uh, half-elf uh, woman in the, in the back of the van, back of the wagon. Uh, she doesn't say anything. She just looks at you, kind of, With a little wry smile on her face.
3: Same woman as in the uh, bar that we last remember.
1: Do we need to do some kind of check to see if you make sure it is the same woman? You know it's for sure it's the same woman. We could. Let's do that. Let's do a history check. Is that the right call?
0: Should all of us roll? Yes. That's going to be a six. Seven. That's going to
2: be a natural 20 for Boltzmann.
1: Okay, so fortunately, one of you has a decent memory, <laughs> and yes, <laughs> Mister Boltzmann recognizes quite clearly uh, that it is the woman from the Guildhall.
2: I'm a giant brain. <laughs> I know who you are. You were the one that drugged us. What do you have to say for yourself?
1: Uh, so she um, she she looks at you from the back of the wagon and says, "Ah, I've got nothing to say for myself. Why should I say anything to you? You guys fell for the trick." We got you out here. I did my job. I ain't going to say nothing.
3: You just did.
1: Well, I ain't going to say nothing else.
3: You don't have to. You just admitted to the crime. Congratulations, dummy.
1: <laughs> okay, you have right. You got me. You got me. Fair enough. But you're here. We got you out here. And that was my job. And I did my job.
2: Let me phrase it differently. What do you have to say for yourself that will cause us not to attack you in the street?
1: <laughs> so, and at this point my mama mama Panchoni turns around and says cavity cavity sit sit back sit back let, let me handle this sir. i'm the mama i i got this i got this so boys and girls we brought you here for a reason okay we're trying to do a thing here and it's 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 getting a bit of difficult uh We, uh, we've been here for a couple of months. We're trying to get in this mine. We need a bit of support. We wanted some help from some people, but we couldn't afford to pay you the money. So, you know, I had to take some means to try and get you, get you guys out here to, to, to be helping us out. You know, maybe, maybe it wasn't the best way to do it, but, uh, Hey, what you going to do? I did it. You're here. And that's what counts.
3: What we're going to do is we're going to put you in jail.
1: You're gonna have to. F- you're gonna have a difficult time putting me in jail. I don't want to go into no jail. I don't like it. in jail. It's a nasty place. I've seen that. I smelt it. I don't want to be there. Well,
3: you don't have much of a choice in the matter. You committed a crime.
1: Okay, so let's see. So there's there's two ways this could go, right? That we could be talking it out, or there could be the uh, uh, the, the the aggressive option. It sounds to me like you're heading down the aggressive option. We're definitely in a Mexican standoff right now. So uh, are they going to deck us or
2: um, are we going to let them pass is the question.
1: Well, the Goliath at the front definitely doesn't have a good, a happy look on his face. He starts to kind of loosen, loosen his armory a little bit. You see a, you see a, a, a battle axe on his back that's kind of that, that, that he starts to jiggle about. There's definitely signs of aggression that could be imminent.
3: I wouldn't be worried about him, guys. He's an idiot. He hasn't even spoken yet.
1: And on, on that note, Goliath looks at you one more time, grunts and unsheathes his double, uh, double-sided double battle axe from his, from his chest. I think it might be time to roll an initiative. Nine.
2: Twelve. Also nine. Do you want to go first, Crud?
1: Ah, or should I go first? Sure.
3: That doesn't matter. You, I'll go first. I'll, uh, you, okay, you take it.
1: Right, so well, Goliath has got his eyes on Doctor Crud. That's for sure. Uh, Hello. <laughs> he is coming at you. We're not going to do anything fancy. We're just going to come in for a simple attack. Goliath rolls a twenty to hit. Uh, so the Goliath jumps down from the front of the wagon. Uh, he launches himself face first at Doctor Crud the Third and uh, hefts his his double headed great axe over his shoulder, swinging it down towards towards the head of dr crud the third
3: a-, a 20 barely hits
1: barely hits or hits barely hits so that's that's a hit <laughs> from my recognition yeah so ooh, that's an 11 damage so as the goliath launches launches himself towards dr crud dr crud takes a little step back but doesn't manage to avoid the blow and there's a sweeping slash across dr crud's chest Uh, that leaves a gouge across his leather, his white leather lab coat, lightly cuts into his chest, dealing 11 points of damage. Ow. Ow, indeed. So next on the attack is the uh, dragonborn, the young dragonborn, sat next to the goliath on the front seat. He is a uh, fighter. So he's got a rapier at his side. He isn't going to go for Dr. Crud. He's more interested in Boltzmann, the brain on a tube, who he thinks is one of the weirdest looking things he's ever seen. Uh, So he's coming at you with a 22 to hit. Boltzmann uses his reaction
2: to cast the shield spell, deflecting the blow and stepping out of the way like a dancer, rolling out of the way. I cast a shield spell, which uh, improves my AC to 27 for the turn.
1: Okay, the next one up then is Cavity McCall. Cavity McCall is a rogue and she has herself a, uh, a longbow, uh, a crossbow. My apologies. She has herself a crossbow and um, she's spotted olives out there on that roof and she's going to have a cracker olive <laughs> with her longbow. Yes. So that is a 13 to hit.
0: Oh, um, can I, like, step in front of it to make sure it hits me? My AC is 20, but I really want it to hit me.
1: (laughs) You are a monk. You are basically a ninja. You can manage that, absolutely.
0: I can use my reaction to deflect or catch the missile when hit by a ranged weapon attack, but I was missed, but I want to catch it. The (laughs) damage I take is reduced by 1d10 plus my dex mod plus my monk level, which is, um... 5 plus 12, which is 17, plus 1d10, which is 6. AM. Can, you, can so, you
3: just rule that, since it missed her, that she just automatically catches it so she can get her catch? Absolutely,
1: yeah. Totally, that is allowed. Absolutely, yeah. She's a monk. She Just because it's missing her doesn't mean she can't grab it. Yeah, like, it was a close it. shot. It wasn't miles away. Yeah.
0: If you reduce the damage to zero, which is, what's 7 plus 16? It's like more than 20 what was the damage of the arrow uh
1: we were doing eight
0: eight damage okay so i did reduce the damage to zero i can catch the missile if it's small enough to hold in one hand and i have a hand free which i do because i don't have any weapons i can spend a key point to make a ranged attack with what you caught as part of the same reaction i make this attack with proficiency and the missile counts as a monk weapon i'm gonna burn that key point and i'm gonna throw it back (laughs) All right, so that means I rolled a sixteen to hit. That's a hit, <laughs> and I hit her with her own arrow.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Um, doing the same amount of damage back, I guess.
0: Yeah, whatever she would have done. I don't have uh, arrow eight stats. Eight points here of damage back,
1: and Cavity McCool has taken her own arrow to the to the to the to the to the fore, to the top of her forearm. It's kind of just gone in below her shoulder and done some pretty nasty damage. Uh now it's Mama Panchoni's turn. Mama Panchoni, the big lady, she's pretty dangerous. Um she has oh, now. Mama Panchoni. Oh, by the Mama Panchoni, the, the Panchoni family, if we hadn't followed it up to this point, is a, a family of dragonborns. So uh the the younger the younger dragonborn on the front of the thing was Giorgino Panchoni, the first son of Mama Panchoni. Mama Panchoni is a big, big lady. She's a big lady. Um big lady dragonborn coming out from the back and uh, she is a sorcerer so mama Pancione is going to we're sticking to the cone of cold 88 uh that comes up to hang on 4 five, 15 21 23 20 26 uh, it's going to be 21 constitution save and throw so 13 Thirteen on the Goliath.
3: Well, so would the other uh, Dragonborn?
1: Yeah, the Dragonborn next to him. Two. He was in, he was in front of Mama, so we're gonna we're gonna take Dragonborn's gonna take twenty six hit on that.
3: So Mama don't care about her her progeny or her help because the horses also take it.
0: No, <laughs> she wouldn't get the horses.
1: <laughs> she it was going it was definitely going off to the side. But you guys you guys are in front of that cone of cone of influence. Uh, so Mama Pancioni's done that. She's done a fair, fair old whack of damage to our to our crew of guildmates here. Um, and that is the round over for the enemies. Over to you guys. Next up, we've got Olive. Then
0: Olive is currently standing atop a building, watching a cone of cold get sprayed by Mama Pancioni onto I mean, gosh, everybody, her son, her Goliath person, Doctor Crud the Third, and Boltzmann. And although Doctor Crud the Third Braces himself, the strong elephant man, and leans into the cold. Boltzmann on his wheels gets pushed and is seeming to be quite swept away by this blast of cold in his brain face. So...
2: I am mostly (laughs) liquid!
0: Oh. Oh. Um, and... With empathy for her friends and retribution and vengeance upon the people who decided to hire her by drugging her, good call people, question mark. She's going to teach them why that wasn't a good idea, and she's going to jump off of the building. Now, monks have this thing called slow fall, where we reduce the damage that we take when falling, which straight up, falling's a lot of damage. Um, But we reduce it by five times our monk level, which is... At level 12, 60 reduction of damage. So I leap off of the building and onto the cart, and I specifically leap onto Mama Panchoni, and I don't reduce my damage at all. And <laughs> I hit her in the head with all of it. And when you reach terminal velocity, I'm not sure how high I am or whatever, but it ranges from 20 to 120 damage with an average of 70, if you do the math. So if you want to take the average, I would like to do both her and myself 70 falling damage.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Uh, is what, uh, So I've got to do... We, there must be some kind of hit check on that. So I've got my armor class. I can defend against it, can't I?
0: Yeah, and I could jump off a building and miss and just hit myself. But if I see that I'm not going to hit her, I'll activate slow fall, if that makes
1: cool. sense. Cool. So Mama Panchoni has an AC of 14, is what you've got to
0: beat. okay. I rolled a 10 on the dice and I've got a plus 9 if I'm considering myself a monk weapon.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Your, your body is your temple. Your monk <laughs> is your weapon. So yeah, we've got a 19. Hit. 19 to hit. Mama, mama, mama takes a pasting, my lord. 70 <laughs> points of hit points of damage to Mama Panchoni.
0: Yeah, to both of us, though. So Olive's got 15 hit points left.
1: <laughs> Oof, okay.
0: So I'm actually worse off than she is, uh, <laughs> but I would like to think that maybe I scared her.
1: Uh, you you have put the fear yeah so so any anybody any, <laughs> anybody that's that's in a wagon,
0: and I'd like to do an intimidation check.
1: <laughs> okay, um, what's the offset against an intimidation?
0: Well, maybe maybe my turn's over. And um someone else would like to do an intimidation check because um, I'm busy dying, so. <laughs> 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 but that's the end of my turn. Rawr! Splat.
1: <laughs> well, good turn. So, yeah, absolutely. Mama Panchoni has just taken a six-foot-tall, uh, eight-foot-long lizard woman to the face. I'm 5'10". 5'10". 5'10", lizard woman to the face. And has, has come off. You know, she's still standing, but she's definitely not happy about it. So, Boltzmann, Dr. Crud, uh did we decide who's going next?
2: Between these two? Boltzmann, we're going next. So, Boltzmann. Mama
1: Panceloni looks quite hurt, right?
0: The phrase is massive damage.
1: Massive. To the face. <laughs> to the face.
2: <laughs> and... Um, Olive is going to uh, be in there. I think Boltzmann doesn't even need any any spells. He's just uh, a brain frozen solid in a block of ice right now. Uh, He's going to turn on his microwave to, like, thaw the brain. But meanwhile, the mechanical body is still working. So Boltzmann is going to uh, uh, open up a part of his body where a harpoon comes out and is going... To uh, shoot it at Mama Pancione. And uh, the question is, does a 19 hit?
1: Very much so. Very much so.
2: And he's going to follow that up with a little shot of his Firebolt laser pistol, which rolls a
1: 23 uh okay so there, so so both of these things hit how much damage is the harpoon doing to begin with the harpoon is doing twelve damage the firebolt
2: mm-hmm. is doing twenty nine that's three d ten so that's a ten a ten
1: and a nine Lord have mercy mama panch mama <laughs> Pan- 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 she is gone mama total has of forty one damage absolutely destroyed off the back of that that that, that double attack from olive and the Boltzmann. Oh, dear.
0: And here's the question for Boltzmann. Are you choosing to do lethal or non-lethal damage? This is your choice. Uh, I'm
2: doing non-lethal damage. And Boltzmann is saying, Your leader is done. You are puny nobodies. What are you doing in our way? Get out. Get out
3: of town. Jail. Jail. Into jail.
2: Go to jail. Go to Nicomoy and go to jail. I don't know how <laughs> long that trip is, but you should make it right now.
1: Awesome. So, uh, right. So again, a mechanism question. What is, how do we, what's the mechanism to pull out of, of combat at this point in time? This seems this is exactly what the DM wants to do, but what's the mechanism for it? We
3: surrender.
0: <laughs> when they take the disengage action, they're not subjected to attacks of opportunity. It does consume their entire action. You have one action, one reaction, and one movement.
1: All three remaining guys Giorgino, Tiny Fredo, which was the name of the Goliath, by the way—and Cavity McCool are all disengaging from the fight at this point. They see Mama get absolutely pasted, and they do not want to be on the receiving end of that ass whooping. So disengagement has occurred. They're all backing off, and they say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Georgino is now the sort of the, the next leader in charge. So Giorgino says, "Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! Chill, chill, guy, 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 guys. Okay, okay, okay. We, 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 we yield. We yield."
2: Tell us then what you know up. about the treasure and the abandoned mine, and give us back our olive. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: so the Goliath, the Goliath picks up the, uh, the, the 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 prone olive that is lying currently on top of Mama uh, panchoni still, <laughs> and he and he gently gently places you back outside the wagon. Uh, and Georgino says, uh, "Hey, what, 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 what am I gonna say? What am I gonna say? We just been back to the mine. We're trying to find our friends. We got three guys. We're down in that mine before the storm happened. We we lost them. We ain't had nothing back from them since. And we're just looking for those guys. You know, we were coming back here to hope, in the hope that you guys had woken up and you'd actually help us, help us sort sort some of this, sh- sort some of this out.
3: All right. Well, it sounds like uh, it's been a bad day for you. So let's go." Right to the sheriff's office. It's just right here, and we're locking you up. <laughs> so, and then I will help your uh, the mama suppository get her up and running again. And Olive, have, I haven't forgotten about you. You're getting healed too.
1: Cool. Um... Okay. So, okay. So, Crud, Doctor Crud, uh, you're going to take the lead of the horses on the wagon, lead them towards back towards the sheriff's office with the uh, unconscious mama Panchoni, not suppository, in the back of the wagon. And the Goliath, Cavity, McCall, and Georgino are begrudgingly—they're still in the wagon. They're—they're—they're they're, they're, they're coming along with you. You—you uh, you arrive at the uh, the sheriff's office. Um, Sheriff Zonderkop. Uh, 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 here's the wagon pulling up outside. Comes to take a look at what's going on, and looks very, very confused and surprised at what's occurring outside.
3: Oh, these guys are the ones that uh, fed us the uh, the drugs that put us out. They kidnapped us, brought us over here. So they are right now in custody for uh, drugging us, kidnapping, and also assault because they this guy, this big guy right here, that's probably my size, maybe a little bit smaller. He uh, he assaulted me, and mama, mama, mama mama suppository right there. She also uh, assaulted all of us. Um, Yeah, all of them for assault actually. And they admitted. Yes, they did admit
1: it. Okay. Well, there's, there's some pretty serious accusations you've got going on there. And, um, you know, we, we know the, I know the Panchoni family all too well nowadays, says the sheriff. And, uh, and I can imagine, I can imagine what we're going to do. So what's, what we're going to do then, I guess, I guess the only thing I can do at this stage is, 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 is lock them up in the cells. And, um, we'll, we'll, we're going to have to take some, take some, uh, interviews from you guys and get some, Get some testimonies down.
0: I will testify.
1: Yes, we all testify. We give them their statement.
0: Yes, I sign my written statement.
1: Okay, so... Um,
0: hey, he's doing a good job at being a cop now.
1: So, you know, <laughs> you know the, the, this is the thing about officers under cop, right? You know, if, if someone comes to him with, you know, completely uh, watertight um, uh, allegations uh, uh, and evidence and proof, and the perpetrators, and their perpetrators' testimony. Even he, however evasive he might be as a police officer, has still got to follow the letter of the law and put these guys in the, in the jail. So that's exactly what he does.
3: So if we do their job for him, he will do his job. Okay. That's
1: about that's about the limits of his uh, his level of effort here. I mean, it's not that he's trying to avoid doing his job. He's just rarely been put in a position where he's actually got to do it, and here is one of those times. So the Goliath gets locked up in the uh, in the big cell that uh, Crud was in, and uh, there's three other cells in there ready for Cavati McCool, Georgino, and Mama Pancione. They are jailed. They are imprisoned.
3: Dr. Crud will apply a uh, quick patch to Olive for healing oh, her for I, 24.
0: I, Why, thank you, and that finishes healing me off completely, because as a level 12 monk, I have wholeness of body as an action i can regain hit points equal to three times my monk level once per long rest so that's 36 and then i'll take your 20 something i'll go up like 50 i was only down 70 feeling a lot a lot better i'm down like 25 ish um what was the exact number you gave
3: 24 all right Doctor Crud will also look over uh, Mama's suppository, figure out that uh, she's not going to die, and then just lets her stay unconscious.
1: I mean, it's not even close <laughs> to the word. That...
0: <laughs> I'm at seventy-five out of eighty-five hit points. Thank you, Doctor Crud, the third.
3: Oh, you're welcome. Shall we go to the uh, the mine now? Apparently, there's like six guys down there drowned.
1: Yes. Great body slam, Olive.
0: <laughs> Thanks. And yes.
1: Okay, so I think the way we're gonna run this, the uh the the, the, the fire breathing kittens team of uh Olive, Doctor Crud the third, Jenny, Boltzmann, Boltzmann's monkey and Boltzmann's um giant cat beast follower thing. I'm still still haven't quite worked out what the hell that is. Uh, they all jump back in the wagon that's perfectly placed outside and they trot on off to the mine.
3: Hey, Olive, I have a wagon and now you do too. This is yours.
0: Oh, no, no. <laughs> uh...
3: It's all yours, Olive. My body is a wagon.
0: It's so much slower than walking.
3: Hey, you don't use as much energy.
0: I, But I love exercise. I, I'll walk alongside the wagon. I have a walking... Speed of fifty feet per six seconds.
3: All right, fine. I will convert this also into a free clinic, and I will start a fleet of free clinics.
0: <laughs> oh, great!
1: <laughs> Good stuff. So, we're arriving at the mine. <laughs> let's, let's just get, Let's just move on. <laughs> we're arriving at the mine. Um. So you. So the again. We're, so the we're we're approaching what is uh, known to the locals as the rock, and uh, and again, it's oh. it's.
0: <laughs> By the way, I've just converted it. From foot per second to miles per hour, and uh, fifty feet per six seconds is five miles per five hour. Five miles so an I'm hour. I'm not as oh. fast as I thought I was.
1: it's <laughs> a pretty good walk. Four miles of four miles an hour is like an average human walking speed. So five but is decent.
0: You would think like thirty feet per six seconds, right? Like you. It's, you'd think it that sounds more than fifty. Sounds so high, but it's not. <laughs> So I actually get on
1: oh, the carriage. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Olive, Olive finds herself strangely falling behind the, the carriage, which is only trundling <laughs> along very slowly, even yeah. though it's through the mud, and uh, decides to j- just just grab onto the back of it and is, is hanging on to the sort of tail end of the carriage as as, 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 the, as the carriage wheels off towards the mine. So as you're approaching a mine, you realise that this rock that you've seen in the distance, that looked quite big in the distance, is actually gigantic. It is, it is a full-on... Uluru style rock and it is just plonked flat in the middle of this sparse open plain like desert landscape so it feels it looks and feels very unnatural the way it's the way it's been positioned but you don't question too much you carry on towards it you know you've got to get in as you approach closer you start to see the point where the mine shaft is open and the entrance to the mine is is there you pull the wagon up outside you jump off and you head on in is everybody able to see in the dark? Absolutely not.
0: I light a torch for you.
4: Boltzmann
2: gets out a uh, spray can and sprays it into Dr. Crud the Third's eyes. Grant him in dark vision for eight hours.
3: Oh my god, that stings like hell. What the hell are you doing to me? <laughs> Actually,
2: Boltzmann has got a new item that he crafted called the Nizium Apparatus, which allows him to cast wizard and artificer spells that he does not have prepared. Uh, It does require an Arcana check, which is a DC of 10 plus double the level of the spell. So Dark Vision is a level 2 spell, which would be a uh, DC 14 Arcana check. Fortunately, I have a plus 13 to Arcana, so as long as this is... (laughs) This is a 16 plus 13 is a is a 29. So Dr. Crud uh, can now see in the dark after this thing wears off.
3: Well, I thank you for letting me see in the dark, but this is the second thing. Maybe third thing you've done. Just willy nilly. We you and I are going to have a long talk after this about uh, asking permission, you know. Oh, but you are a doctor.
2: I'm sure you understand. Sometimes you know what's good for other people.
3: It's very important to ask permission and get consent.
2: All right, Dr. Crud. It was all to help you see in the dark.
1: We gonna... never, it'll happen later. I said after. <laughs> uh, okay, so we have... So uh, Boltzmann has has dark vision already, I guess. Dr. Crud now is blessed with dark vision, whether he wanted it or not. Uh, Olive? Olive lights a torch. Olive lights a torch.
2: Olive, should I also uh, grant you dark vision? It's really no... Uh, oh, no now?
3: <laughs> now he does consent. What? Are you deriding me
2: for being inconsistent after deriding me, asking me to change?
1: I'm following up on your suggestion.
0: I like that you changed, so I say yes to the dark vision, and I put out the torch.
1: Cool. So all three of our players are blessed with dark. All right.
2: I will roll another d20. Hold
1: it. We have to do the check. It, I think it's kind of arbitrary. I'd, I'd be willing eight, to just give you that eight
2: plus thirteen. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Olive has dark vision too. Cool. So you enter the mine. So on entrance to the mine, you know, this is it's, I'm not going to lie. This is a pretty typical mine shaft. There only there's only so many variations of mines that you're ever going to come across in these kind of styles. Um, the one thing you do notice about it is that it is significantly wetter than most mines that you, you, you imagine walking into. Um, there is water dripping from the ceilings. There are puddles of water on the floor. You get the feeling that this mine has been uh, uh, just as much a part of the, the recent deluge as uh, as the town suffered. So you walk into the mine with your dark vision active. You see, you know, various bits of mining implements around, shovels, rusty pickaxes, buckets, barrels of stuff, you know, all all kind of dotted around. And in front of you, you see two different paths, one leading off to the left and one leading off to the right. You want to choose a path. Are there any tracks? Tracks, roll yourself a perception check. Actually, no. Don't don't worry about a perception check because, unfortunately, no. There are no tracks. The water damage, uh, the mud on the floor. Um, any tracks that were there previously have been uh, kind of spoiled and covered over by, by the mud and the water.
3: Doctor Cred's going to put his nose in the air and sniff down each hallway for drowned people.
1: Fortunately, you don't smell any drowned. I'm assuming you you're sniffing for corpses, <laughs> so fortunately you don't see so don't sniff any corpses but again i think this is probably a time to roll a perception check and to find out what you do smell all right that's going to be 22 okay mixed in so that we've got the left and the right tunnels you, you, you're sniffing you're sniffing at both tunnels to see what's going on down each route right yep yeah so on the left-hand route you sniff and really all you can smell is just again damp, water, mud, muck. There's nothing specific that you're able to perceive down that route. Um, on the right-hand route, you can smell a, a much stronger sense of mineral-y, it's kind of r- m- rocky, mineral kind of smell, that kind of metallic twinge that that, that that some minerals and rocks rocks come with, and definitely a hint of something bestial not entirely sure what it is uh no 22 let's be honest you can smell it and i mean i don't know what your what your recognition of smells is like dr crud but uh uh you think that you can smell spiders and spider webs
3: all right guys to the right is spider webs and spiders to the left is nothing special and uh no dead bodies being detected by my snozz at this time which way guys
2: if there are people missing
3: yeah there's six people missing
2: if there are people missing in these mines they might have been captured by the giant spiders
3: yeah
1: oh so spider people yes cool so you head off down the right hand path it's not a long path. Leads you through a little tunnel, you know, usual mine type stuff. There's a few wooden stilts and, and struts hanging over you. You're getting constantly dripped on by the by the ever present drip 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 of the of the water running from the ceiling. And you come to another room, uh, but it's again it's empty. Uh, there's nothing in there apart from again a couple of barrels, little uh, little little pickaxe that's got a bit rusty. Again, down this room, there's two routes in front of you: one to the left, one to the right. Want to do the same thing?
3: Yep, Doctor Krebs smells it again.
1: Same principles. Off to the left, you smell pretty much nothing. You get that sense of dampness, but it smells a little bit further away now. And off to the right is a much stronger scent of spiders, spider webs, and what you pretty much have guessed you are walking into.
3: All right, guys. uh, Spider people, spider webs, you know, probably trust up people from both sides of the the war. Uh, I got to say, you look very moist. You have to be really happy right now
0: i love mud
1: i know you do to the right sure cool so ladies and gentlemen roll me an initiative check and i will write it down this time
0: non-natural 20
1: (laughs) 19
2: 7 plus 9 again let's set 7 plus 2 again for a total of 9
1: okay you guys are walking in into this uh into the room you see in front of you, you know, there's there's some spider webs around. They're not too big, they're not too thick. It makes you think that there's not that can't be that many spiders uh, happening in here. But uh, as you as you walk slightly further into the room, you see uh, as your as your vision comes to comes into the room, uh, you see uh, there's three uh, giant wolf spiders crawling around in the back of the room, and two swarms of much smaller spiders uh, out in front of you. Um with a uh, a nat twenty on the attack, it is clearly Olive's turn to go first.
0: Oh, non non-natural.
1: Oh, it wasn't natural. Okay. Still, still it's it's Olive's turn to go first.
0: I would like to perceive any like white silk-wrapped humanoid forms.
1: You perceive no such thing. Hmm. See if they talk.
0: Hello. Oh. Uh, no, I'm not high enough level monk yet, but one day I'm going to be able to talk to
4: spiders. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Cool. The spiders blink at you. You you wait for about 30 to 45 seconds for all of their eyes to blink thoroughly before you carry on talking to them. Uh, But you get no visible response from the spiders. In fact, they look like they are just about to jump at you and attack you.
0: Okay. I take out food from my pack. And I toss it kind of like to the side of them, and it's delicious. It's raw meat.
1: It's it's spider food, is it?
0: Well, do they like raw, juicy flesh?
1: Uh, the spiders are absolutely, they love a bit of juicy flesh. They
0: do. Oh, I throw like. That stuff. Oh, five pounds of ground beef del- smelling raw, juicy flesh over there. Nom nom.
1: Well, are you
2: always carrying that? <laughs>
0: What do you think I eat? <laughs> also, it's a cat. It's an old, it used to, no, it's a dog. It's. It was a dog. Uh, this was a spare collie that someone had let run off and it was eating uh, people in a dog pack. So I killed the, the dogs and I harvested the flesh. This was the back left leg of a collie. Hmm?
1: Okay. Um, the spiders are absolutely, they smell it. They want it. They need it. Um, All three giant spiders and both of the swarms of much smaller spiders dart off on top of this meat and start devouring it. They are no longer paying you guys any attention whatsoever.
3: (laughs) Dr. Crud throws his hole underneath them. They fall 10 feet into the hole and then he picks it up and they are now trapped in the hole.
1: With the whiskey from earlier. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> That's okay. They're going to they're not going to have very much uh, air in there, so once the air's gone, it's not going to
1: matter. Fair enough. Okay, well that was simple. <laughs> Dr.
2: Crud, these spiders were not we're not harming anybody and they will eat giant flies and mosquitoes.
0: Yeah, these are natural pest reduction creatures. Just think of the giant things they're eating to stay alive in here. The mosquitoes the size of your house cockroaches as big as a bus
3: or people
2: have you ever seen a giant mosquito Dr. Crud I can tell you it's harrowing not many survive such an encounter
3: (laughs) I need these spider parts for medical purposes
0: okay and then DM you can make him do a roll to see if he can really throw a giant portable hole Uh, because I don't think the portable hole is meant to be a battle ending item
1: no so so okay so a um we're not we're not too concerned from a dm perspective at the moment okay. b i kind of like the way you dealt with it <laughs> c these are very hungry spiders so uh they the fact that they definitely would have gone after that meat because there there are no noticeably large chunky mosquitoes or if they are they've largely been eaten by all the hungry spiders and and it seems as though these guys haven't been chowing down on any uh human or actually dwarfing or uh, uh other species flesh in recent times so no absolutely works for me absolutely fine
0: okay and i did look it up and for future babirusa rusa and spider killing purposes they get a dc 10 strength <laughs> check on a successful check the creature forces its way out of the hole by the way oh. for the future So it's not a perpetual. I have a (laughs) giant hole. I
1: have a trick. Well, that's good. So they
2: remain in there of their own volition.
1: Indeed, they are. They're they're still chowing on the meat. I mean, they're they're really, they're really, really hungry. And quite frankly, by the time they realise they're in the hole, it's too late. Doctor Crud's picked it up, and there's no way out. Uh oh. However, emphasise after they're done with the meat,
3: you know they're coming to us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're going to try. So, we now so that's 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 them dealt with. You look ahead and you see another two routes in front of you, one off to the left and one off to the right. Where do you head? Sniff, sniff.
0: I would like to check for spider eggs.
1: Very good. So, absolutely. So, um as you as you look off down the tunnels, off the left tunnel, you notice a kind of faint Ice white, bluey kind of glow emanating from uh, the room. It's kind of the tunnel goes off around a corner slightly. You can just see this glow coming around the room, and you definitely notice the the, the 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 spider webs are starting to get thicker down that route, and that gives you a sense of what's what's happening. But from Doctor Crud's perspective on the perception check for the smell side of things, you can quite happily smell spiders down both of these routes, and you 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 you're pretty sure that there's something going on in in either of the two.
3: All right, guys, it smells like more spiders. Um, do we really want to mess with these spiders?
0: I I kind of want to try spider egg caviar, <laughs> but I think we're here to save people, right? I don't know. Boltzmann, yeah. what do you think?
2: I feel like we could check out the spiders a little bit more. Do you have any more ground beef?
0: Yeah, this is not beef.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's dog. Ground dog. It used to be cat, but now oh, it's dog. This is
0: dog. Do you have any more
2: any more dog meat?
0: I do. Beans asked me to stop eating cats, so I now eat dogs. It's okay. They don't have souls. And I. it's actually super sad, sadder if they don't have souls, because then it's just the only life they have. But anyway, they shouldn't be a pack of wild dogs eating people. That's what I say.
1: That's fair. I'm- you just say
2: they don't have souls?
0: I'm not sure. I'm not sure.
2: No, no. They, they do have souls. It's a, it's a scientific fact that dogs have souls. There's ways to determine these things.
3: Yeah, I rescued one.
2: <laughs> Excuse me?
3: I rescued one. It was, there was one that went to uh, Changeling Heaven, and we brought it back and gave it back to uh, the rock star lady.
2: Yeah. One of the many imperial ways to determine that dogs do have souls, indeed. Thank you, Dr. Crud. <laughs>
0: Just go to heaven. <laughs> Get the dog, bring it back. <laughs> don't don't lie to Olive and say it was a demon. Okay, but yeah, so um <laughs> this is this is dog meat right here. I do have more. Yes. This was a pit bull.
2: Okay. Just for future reference I will inform you now that dogs do have souls. Okay.
3: <laughs> Baltimore, can you make us invisible?
2: Of course I can.
3: Well why don't we just do that? And then we could just walk around freely and they don't never see us and you know we don't get eaten by spiders.
2: If you want to be invisible, Dr. Crud, let's do it. I love being invisible. It does involve more more spray. It gets a can of deodorant. <laughs> Looks like it. Now, this works like deodorant, but it's for the eyes instead of the nostrils. And uh, I will only use this on the three of us. So I'm afraid that um, you might have to keep... Jenny, inside your, your, your beans pocket. And Miss Motico and Mr. Langley we have to stay here and look after one another.
3: Well, she's in the Jenny pocket, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's where she normally is.
2: All right. Then nothing is stopping us. And I will cast a uh, fourth level invisibility to turn the three of us invisible
1: for one hour. Very good.
0: Crunch. 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 I imagine that giant spider is just like King Crab.
1: <laughs> see. Crunch, crunch, crunch. So, uh, well, but you've still got the option of which way to go. Do you want to go left? Or do you want to go right? Glowy. Uh,
2: telepathically, Boltzmann says,
1: let's go left. We can speak
2: telepathically so we don't give ourselves away by speaking. Through Off I to are. the
1: glowing route. So you head, you <laughs> head down the pathway to the left. And as you come around the corner, you You realise that the glowing is coming from the rock formation that's been uh, that's the sort of buried just inside the rock, um, and around it are clearly, obviously, more spiders. Um, you one of them was a phase spider, and the other one was uh, was uh, there was two giant spiders. And these things have clearly been warped, and they've grown from the effect of the output from this weird glowing mineral formation that uh, uh, seems to be pretty much at the core of this giant rock that's landed somehow in, in this desert. Um, but you're invisible, so they don't know you're there. What do you do? Do we see bodies? No bodies. Not, not a hint, a sign of a human or any other non-spider-like species around at all.
2: Can we quickly investigate the room for anything interesting?
1: So the most interesting thing in the room are by far the spiders and this mineral rock formation. The mineral rock formation.
3: What about uh, spider eggs? So Olive can have her caviar.
1: And absolutely, the there are pods of spider eggs dotted around and and uh, around the mineral formation, up the walls. They're they're lodged in spider webs, and these two are glowing in the same kind of weird icy blue light.
2: Can I make a nature check or arcana check or something to tell more about this mineral formation?
1: Um yes, you can. Uh, I would do a uh this is you I'll let you choose. Arcana or nature. Either one are valid in this in this. Tell you what, you do arcana, I'll do nature.
2: Alright. That's a total of 29.
1: Okay. And a twenty-five. Right, <laughs> well. <laughs> fair enough uh, impressive roles level 12 everybody um i'll answer this as a combined total of both of your roles then, not uh, not not trying to address each one separately so from what you understand from 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 dr crud's understanding of uh geophysics that's what we're talking about here there is nothing about this mineral formation that seems of your world that you've ever seen before and from uh, from Boltzmann's Arcana and magical check, uh, you again you do not recognise anything that this is any kind of uh, magical force, energy, power that you recognise from the from the world that you've been on for your entire life. Um, ultimately, the deduction from that is that this is spatial. This is a meteorite. This is a gigantic rock that has landed possibly millennia ago. You are so you also realize that as you as you were walking through, the valley in which this rock has landed isn't so much as a valley as just a gigantic crater. The desert floor you've been walking across is the flat space made by the crater, and this rock is sticking out from absolutely nowhere. So yeah, you are pretty sure that you are looking at non terrestrial. I'm sure if that applies to Earth or if it applies equally to Nicomoy as it does to, to, to our, our actual world. But yeah, you are basically looking at non-terrestrial rocks and magic minerals from outer space.
0: Fire-breathing kittens in space! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Been there, done that.
3: It appears we have found the treasure. How big is it?
1: So yes, you have found what I think most people would consider to be the treasure of the mines. How big is it? You don't know quite really how big is it because it just disappears deep into the rock formation at the back. Um, but you can clearly see that there is more accessible mineral than you could carry as a single uh, thing that you are. Giant elephant man. Procoptodon? What, what do you call yourself? Loxodon. Loxodon. So definitely more than you could carry even as a single gigantic loxodon. How many spiders are in here? Three spiders in here. One face spider, two giant spiders.
3: All right, guys, what do you think about taking out these spiders and then we can start chipping away and take as much rock as we can stick in my hole?
0: I'm a little concerned that the rock is going to make you a giant loxodon.
1: Well, that'd be cool.
0: <laughs> All right, then yeah, let's do it. <laughs>
1: okay so i think I, I, was, I was i was a little point ago i was going to remind that there are two objectives of being inside this mine one is finding the treasure the other is finding the trap people but we'd forgotten about the trap people But we think so um we'd forgotten about the treasure as we've remembered it now so um okay so initiative time against the spiders
2: uh we're invisible have they seen us or do we get a surprise round
1: you will get a surprise round absolutely
2: I will ask uh, Mr. Langley and Miss Mortico to sneak up and, and rejoin us, but not enter the cave yet so they won't be seen.
3: Yep. It's an 18 for me for initiative.
2: Mm-hmm. Nine. Mm-hmm.
1: Another nine. Great. So, Dr. Crud, lead the way.
3: All right. Dr. Crud is going to take out his bone saw. And uh, he's going to go up to the biggest spider and start... Uh, he's going to try to just separate the head from the body.
1: Okay. That is good. Ooh.
3: That is a uh, natural 20, so it's 30 to hit. Oh, that hits. Okay. That is going to be 17 damage to the neck. Very
1: good. Doctor Crud swings that jagged-looking bone saw that has that <laughs> has become progressively more blood-stained and rusted since his pacifist days ended. <sighs> it connects with the uh, face spider and uh, lops off one of its front legs, doing seventeen points of damage. Nasty. The the rust is a health benefit. <laughs> it's it's iron. It adds adds iron and oxidisation to the blood. Absolutely um next to go is olive
0: olive uses flurry of blows to look for i guess like does it look kind of like this spider is about to die the spiders it's,
1: it's taken a good chunk of damage it's not it's not on it it's not on its last half huh? the, 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 the the there's a there's a pun there there's a leg pun that i was about to uh come up with and <laughs> It's not, its, it's, not it's not on its last legs. It's not on last legs. It's not its last legs. Um, uh, it's on its last seventh legs. But yeah, you, 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 you want to have a crack at this spider.
0: I will beat it, but not like if it drops, I'm not going to keep beating it. The cool thing about being a monk is these are individual blows. So first I punch it with the 23 to hit for seven damage. Is it still up?
1: It's still up. Takes then a, seven a
0: 21 down. for 14 damage as I punch it again
1: the 14 damage it is still up
0: then a but 15 it to hit.
1: the you're you're hitting all the way through and i get the feeling if you hit it one more time it will probably not no longer be well it will find it is it, 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 its last leg will have been and it will have gone
0: okay so that third blow was a 15 to hit did that hit
1: yes indeed yeah
0: 11 damage
1: every shot 11 damage that would kill it outright.
0: well i'm I'm going gonna, gonna to do non-lethal damage because non-lethal. Um, I already have plenty of crab to eat. Well, and then I have a fourth blow, so if there's anything else within 50 feet of me, like 50 feet This total is within, a
1: approximately 50 feet round room, um, okay. and there's two other giant spiders in it, so...
0: I punch another one pick. for 24 <laughs> to hit and 11 damage.
1: And you do 11 damage.
0: And that was, if you can picture it, a bipedal crocodile wearing a white Jedi-style robe and baggy brown pants just wail in on things with her fists because her arms have become stronger and she's much less fat than she used to be. <laughs> <laughs> now it's muscle.
1: And unfortunately, these poor spiders that that were managed to get in her way, and they didn't even see it coming. This is uh, this is this is spider abuse, arachnid abuse, nearly. So okay, well, we have. Um... It's just
0: pretenderizing the meat. <laughs>
1: We have Mr. Boltzmann's turn. So there's still two giant spiders up? There are still two giant spiders up. One has taken a pretty fair chunk of damage again. The other one is currently untouched.
2: Yeah. Uh, Boltzmann is going to roll up to the one that Olive just attacked. Boltzmann's not having a very hard time rolling in these caves. (laughs) I keep forgetting he's on wheels. But uh, yeah, uh, that's a rolling decision.
1: I thought I'd glance past that point yeah. for the continuation purposes. And uh, is going to jab this giant
2: spider with his harpoon. For the people at home, the harpoon is a uh, returning javelin. So it's a, both a melee and a thrown weapon that returns. And he's going to do that with a booming blade. And uh, that's going to be an tick roll of 25.
1: It hits. Uh, and that's 18 damage. Oh, that's done. Hmm. These spiders aren't quite as tough as I thought they were going to be. <laughs> so spider number and one, giant spider number one is down. There's one giant spider left. Yeah. And
2: uh, Boltman will fire his harpoon at the other for a 22 and does
1: 11 damage. Okay. That, uh, that hits. 11 damage is taken.
2: And uh, he will get uh,
1: the displacer
2: beast in here. Now, how far away, away from the from the entry of the cave? Uh,
1: so the cave was 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 50-foot round. Um, the spiders were kind of at the back of the cave. Um, so there's, I'd say there's at least 30 to 40-foot between the cave entrance and where the spider is.
2: Okay, she's got us... And your up, guys uh,
1: were a little bit outside.
2: Oh, and, and Boltzmann will start his blade song, just in case. And uh, the Spacer Beast has got a speed of 40 foot so she runs up and attacks the giant spider with two of her tentacles for an attack roll of 15 and 24
1: both hit that's another 17 damage and spider number two goes down the spiders didn't even get a look in that was savage yeah.
2: and the okay. the fish starts, starts devouring the giant spider <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay lovely Just... good girl good girl just in case we thought we were going to sleep tonight. Um, now we get to see that. <laughs> Lovely.
3: That's a great job, everybody. Let's start collecting all the eggs, the carcasses, and then this meteorite.
0: Oh, man. First, we got to try the eggs. I definitely take my, like, Um, it's like a metal file, but it's wider. And you use it on, like, nutmeg if you're Chef John from Food Wishes or on meteor rock if you're olive. And I get some like salt to salt it. Does I don't know. I like it. Is it salty? The meteor rock.
1: The meteor rock. Um yeah. <laughs> Go on, but I lick it. If you, I like it. If you want to, <laughs> if you want to season your recently deceased spider's eggs with outer space glowing mineral salty rock, I am not going to be the one to stop you doing that, Olive. You do you.
0: <laughs> I do that. How's it taste? Uh, it tastes good. Caviar with
1: salt. <laughs> yeah, no, it tastes good. Surprisingly, actually, it, it was. It, it's got that exact kind of salty, salty thing. However, when you stick your tongue out, it is now glowing—the kind of icy white, blue glow of the eggs. Good job,
2: Oliver. It might not look like it, but you are practicing science. <laughs> your tongue is glowing, by the way.
0: Uh oh. <laughs>
1: And actually, it's not just your tongue. The glow is emanating from the, deep, from the depths of your throat down past your tonsils as well. Just, just bite them. Right.
3: D- Dr. Crud is going to examine Olive, doing a medical check to make sure that she's not going to die within the next 30 seconds. See, make sure she's not poisoned or anything like that.
1: Uh, go on roll and roll a medicine check. Oh, there's no point in you rolling a medicine check, is yeah. it? Do you ever, do you ever fail?
3: No, I have a fifteen plus ten, so that's gonna be a twenty-five. Twenty-five. Oh, uh, I have
0: purity of body. I'm immune to poison and disease.
1: Interesting. <laughs> <the way>. so, <laughs> so, I'm yeah, a so, so yes. The, so the, there's um, there's there's nothing poisonous there. Um, there is the, the, the. Where am I going to take
0: this? My lifestyle is really working for me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Tell me, Olive, is the effect beneficial? If so I will try to ingest it as well in some way. I do not have a tongue.
1: So, um, <laughs> given given Olive's natural uh, um, resistances to poison, um, uh, the only effect that this seems to have is a a general uh, is a general what's the word glowiness, a general expansion. Of, of olive as a total so actually what was happening is where the where the uh, spiders were living with this rock over the years and years that so they'd been there in multiple generations each time the generation every new generation was slightly larger slightly stronger and slightly glowier than the generation <laughs> before um uh, after eating the egg uh, olive olive grows by about an inch Uh, in every direction, Um, and uh, feels a renewed sense of energy and vigour, so her health points, uh, I think you're only down a couple, her health points top up by another five.
3: Holy crap, you got bigger. Oh, I want to do that too. (laughs) Dr. Crud will grab 12 of the eggs and and down them. So unfortunately,
1: the eggs have a... Failing me you've 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 beaten me uh, you've, be, you've, you've, you've beaten my lexicon into the ground um they have a uh, inversely exponential proportional effect so having 12 eggs does not mean you increase unfortunately by 12 inches uh, but you do you do grow by another two and a half inches which is, is quite surprising and again all of your health points revert
3: eight feet two and a half inches
1: now eight feet two and a half inches there you go
3: <laughs> dr crud can you Give me the
2: digestive tract of a spider so that I may outfit my mechanical body with it and take part in eating these minerals.
3: Oh, I have an idea for you. Hold on one second. Dr. Crud's going to grab an egg. He's going to open the case that has the brain and he's going to start rubbing the brain with the egg, (laughs) squishing it all into that brain.
2: Now, hold on. You were just talking about consent and you're touching my brain without asking. You don't not, do not you just unscrew me, somebody's <laughs> lid like that, my friend.
3: You asked <laughs> me to make you like us? I asked you. And this is the way to
0: go Doctor Crowd the Third. It goes both ways. Gotta do uh, what he consented to.
1: I thought I was. <laughs> Does it have any any effect? So, unfortunately for Mister um although his 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 he his his brain—I mean, his brain—is he—he is a brain, and his brain is he, right? It is it is you all encompassing? His brain is now glowing in this rather pretty, rather pleasant kind of pearlescent, icy blue, white glow. <laughs> um, but it's made it grow to the point where he now actually is 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 is, is, is fully filling the inside of his tube that he lives in. Um, so basically dr Boltzmann, Boltzmann right now is just w- a walking talking headache in a jar um you, you're gonna need to find yourself a bigger jar Boltzmann that's 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 the only outcome that's gone on here
2: <laughs> How big is Boltzmann? does he get any bonuses to intelligence
1: <laughs> uh, so no unfortunately there's no actual there's no actual uh, um, uh, uh, stat enhancing power to this to this mineral it is purely uh. growth and and health regeneration. So um, you you are a bigger brain. Mm, I'm going to have to find a bigger jar.
3: Do you feel smarter?
2: <laughs> so there's no there's no mechanical effect. I'm just I'm just bigger and glowing.
1: <laughs> you are just bigger and glowing. So you, you're going to find yourself, and it's, it's probably quite cool. You're probably going to be able to light the way for your. You're now a you're now a a, a, a rolling lamp brain <laughs> on, on a tube. Um, uh, but yes, the kind of it's not comfortable to be in there right now. Because as we all know, when you uh, when your brain swells from dehydration, you have got a banging headache.
2: Mm. Boltzmann cast cure wounds in himself, injecting his brain with some painkillers. Um so does this have any uh, – how big, how big will Boltzmann be now? How big does the tube
4: have to oh, be in diameter? Boltz, Boltzmann's
1: expanded by another sort of uh, – it, it's, it's a full area. So it's not just an upwards growth. It's a full area of expansion by, by about an inch and a half, let's call it that, <laughs> to the brain. Because it's all, it's all just – rather than spreading the, the effect of the, 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 the eggy mineralness over the whole body, you're a much smaller space. So you've grown uh, – uh, proportionally, you've grown a little bit bigger than everybody else.
2: Okay, so his, his eyes are just propped up against the glass.
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah, like kind of like squishing against the front front of the glass.
2: But I'm there not going to
1: squishiness going on all through you.
2: But I'm not it's still going to be medium sized if I get a new body. Oh,
1: right? I mean, you will still be medium sized. You haven't okay. grown into just, a large. Just, just You're not, it's not that. No.
3: no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry. We can put a new fishbowl on you. Yes.
2: Yes, I constructed this body myself, Doctor Crud. I'm sure you can appreciate the
1: the. Uh, Medical technology. Cool. So that's the end of some spiders. You've got yourself a big old stack of minerals and and a backpack full of eggs. What's next?
3: We harvest the uh, bodies. We harvest the eggs. We harvest the minerals.
0: I start a fire and I cook the, uh, the <laughs> not the eggs. Mm, yeah, no. I cook the eggs and the legs. <laughs> and I, yeah, king crab, Alaskan king crab. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm. What are you gonna do with the unconscious phase spider?
3: Oh, it's in the hole.
2: So you're just going to suffocate it?
3: More medical parts.
2: I was just wondering if there if there are any plans for it. Should I try to tame it like I did this displacer beast?
3: <laughs> I mean if you really, really want to, <laughs> uh, yeah, you can have it.
2: Let's let's not let's not. Let's uh let's take it to uh another cave and set it free. These uh, creatures are rare and I would hate for it to go extinct on our behalf.
3: Well, technically, it is an invasive species because it's not supposed to be this size. So if we let it live and let it get out into the environs, then it's going to disrupt the local wildlife and all everything like that. So actually, we're doing everybody a favor.
0: Oh, like the cane toad. It's just too big. It eats everything. Yeah.
3: I'm sure
2: that... Areas where the local wildlife has long been disturbed and we can let this phase spider lose to set things
3: straight. So you want to make it worse?
0: (laughs) Introduce cane toads to your (laughs) wildlife area today, says Boltzmann. What's the
2: worst that could happen? Let's take it to an area (laughs) with giant mosquitoes.
0: Yeah.
3: A total collapse of the natural order of the area.
0: Extinction of the native species.
2: (laughs) Oh, there's no problems that you can't fix with a
1: bigger invasive species. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, sure. Olive gives you the giant phase spider.
1: Boltzwin has never heard the story of the lady that ate the fly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I was just watching Philly Philly Wang Wang's stand-up comedy special last night. Oh, yeah. The story of the, the lady who ate the fly. Oh,
1: That's, I watched that only two nights ago. There <laughs> yeah. you go. It reminded me of that. So uh, right, so okay, so phase spider is what was the outcome of that then? Are we are we are we tying it up and taking it with us, or, or are you tying it up and taking it with you, or are, is it now dead and in parts in Doctor Crud's hole, so to speak?
2: But Boltzmann is going to summon a floating disc, carry the phase spider out, tied up, and Boltzmann is going to uh, release it in one of the giant jungles that are plagued by giant mosquitoes, one of mankind's truest worst horrors
3: <laughs> very good
1: Okay. until they meet the spider until they meet the face <laughs> what's okay. the worst that could happen <laughs> so you're heading back to the uh, you're heading total back to the mine ecological entrance. collapse
0: <laughs> we're the heroes
1: <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is a yeah that's a Dr. Pepper moment uh, in and of itself right so we're heading back to the mine entrance are we is that where we're going mm. well we still got dead bodies to find
3: yep. I mean, the drowned guys.
0: And I'm I'm looking for shriveled up corpses covered in like like mummified people covered in spider egg silk.
1: Yeah, there's none of that
3: going on. Mm. Cause, yeah, there's like six dead bodies down here.
2: Let's continue done searching.
0: Yeah. At this point we are the rescue team, recovering.
1: Indeed. And
3: Man, we know these spiders can't do nothing against us, so
1: they're the spiders—they've—they—they've they, they've literally haven't even tickled you, have they? So, uh, right. So, where are you going? Which way? You so are you so you're in the you're in the the room with the glowing minerals in it. There are again, there are two exits from this room, as there as there have been. There is the path that you came in off, or another path off to the left. Which way you want to go?
2: Let's continue. Hey, yeah. Uh,
1: so the path you came the 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 path that you didn't come down leads you back to another room. Uh, which is just, to be honest with you, it's just full of yet more spider webs, more eggs, um, and just general damp, muddy muck and goo lying around. Uh, there is only one other exit from this room, fortunately. So, uh, do you want to snaffle up a few more spiders' eggs and then head off? Oh, all of them! All the we're spiders' not leaving eggs.
3: Any? We're not leaving any trace of this ecological disaster.
1: Cool. So you're probably up to about sixty spiders' eggs in the backpacks right now, so let's 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 call it that. Uh so okay, you head out of that room, you're back to the first room where you met the swarm of spiders that are now sat in the hole. There was only one exit to that room. I hedge I assume you want well, it's back the way you came to the to the glowing boss room or the way out. You're into the first empty room that you came across. Two exits there. One leads you back to the entrance, the other one leads you to some unknown spots. Which way you want to go? Unknown spot. Unknown spot. That leads you through to just one more empty room. But the, uh, from this empty room, there are another two exits. There's one that goes back to the entrance again. So that's that takes you full loop. Or there is basically what looks like a waterlogged tunnel. All you can see is a pool of water that you could uh, go splashing into.
0: Olive goes Olive. splashing in. Olive goes no. splashing in. One second, Olive. Uh,
2: I will ritual cause wat- water breathing on all of us. Oh, but
0: I don't... Okay.
2: She's a crocodile. I'm a crocodile. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm just telling you, it takes 10 minutes, so...
0: <laughs> okay, I I wait politely for 10 minutes and I braid Jenny's hair. I don't... J- mm, I don't know. I I play patty cake with Jenny. It, whatever. I feed her some raw dog meat.
3: And <laughs> okay. okay, high or low to see if she likes it. Hi? Okay, she likes it.
0: I offer her Pitbull.
3: She likes you today.
0: Yay. <laughs> and I can hold my breath for 15 minutes, by the way.
1: 15, okay.
0: I guess I'll water breathe if I have I was to. Tr-
1: okay. I was trying to get to that question. I
2: will create a water breathe- underwater breathing apparatus for you just in case. You can carry it in your pocket and use it if you need it.
0: Okay.
3: You go out ahead and scout, and then we'll just wait for the apparatus.
0: Okay
1: you dive into the tunnel with this water
0: i carry the like breathing thing in one hand just in case i need it and i swim in
1: there you go brilliant so
0: and i have a 50, 50 feet movement per six seconds which is my underwater speed which is actually impressive unlike so five miles per hour underwater now that's impressive five miles per hour on land <laughs> okay
1: <laughs> not so much so um so the the tunnel the, to be fair it's, it's it's quite a long tunnel you know it goes deep 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 down into inside this rock uh you're swimming along down there for you know best part of a minute just less than a minute i guess before you uh you 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 come out to the other side uh, it's a little wind windy tunnel you come out um and uh and you pop yeah. It's amazing how simple it ends up, isn't it? You pop out the other side, uh, and you you you're in all of a sudden you're in a, a, a just a single enclosed room. No other entrances or exits, and there are six people sat in this room shouting and screaming, blue bloody murder at it. On one side of the room, you've got three dwarfs, uh, all, all branching axes, screaming and looking angry and, and 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 frustrated, and on the other side of the room. There is uh, a human, uh, an Arakokka, and another one of the Dragonborns.
0: Oh, okay. I want my friends to be here and to help in the decision-making process. So they look like they're actively screaming at one another, like they're going to fight, or they're just like yelling?
1: They are on, on the verge of fisticuffs, yes.
0: Oh, so I don't but have time to go they've been on the verge get... of
1: fisticuffs probably for about eight hours, so you, you, I think you probably uh. would have time to go back and get your friends uh, if you
0: Okay, well, I will. Before I go and get my friends, I leap out of the water and I've got wet Jedi-style robes <laughs> and wet baggy brown pants, and I'm like, "Hello!" <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that that definitely causes silence to fall over the room. Nobody was expecting that. That's been in this in this in this little uh, this little tomb for the last three days. Um, in unison. All three dwarfs, the Arakocra, the human, and the dragonborn, swing their heads to the left or right, depending what side of the room they're on, and uh, basically just gawp in shock and surprise and confusion at this um, (laughs) this rather wet looking lizard who somehow manages to pull off quite a stylish, you know, (laughs) bordering on sexy look for what she's uh, for that that's kind of damp, drizzling, waters pouring around her. Imagine, imagine Ursula Andrus coming out of the water nope. in the Bond movie. It's that, like that kind of style just flat, situation.
0: Like a board, no external <laughs> genitalia. Go. And I say You're rescued. I'll be right back with support. And then I go underwater and I get my friends. And I pop up out of the out of the water and I'm like, Hello <laughs> Hi,
3: Olive. What's over there?
0: <laughs> Three dwarves and an air I wasn't listening. Six people.
1: (laughs) Three dwarfs, one human, one aracocca, and one uh, dragonborn.
0: Yeah.
3: Are they alive or are they drowned?
0: They're alive and quite spirited. Sounds like they want to fight one another, and they've been here a while.
3: Well, tell them that all they gotta do is just swim over here, and they'll- get
0: out oh you want me to go get him okay all right just tell him to
3: swim this way
0: (laughs) i hop back in the water again i take the water breathing device and i fit one of them at a time um so i'm like hello again
1: (laughs) uh so let's say the uh the, the dragonborn turns around to you and says what the hell is this what are you even doing here who are you
0: I am a fire-breathing kitten with my friends, Dr. the Third and Boltzmann. I have brought Boltzmann's water-breathing device, and I would like to lead you through the tunnel. I swim quite fast, and I'd like to uh, help you get out of here if you're stuck. Are you stuck?
1: Yeah, we've been stuck in there with these idiot dwarfs for the last, I don't know, feels like forever, but at least at least two or three days. Um, if you've got the apparatus, I want to get out of here. Give it here. Let's go.
0: Okay, one person at a time, please. I help them through the tunnel and i bring them back to Boltzmann and dr crow the third the loud annoying one first
2: (laughs) just to be perfectly uh (laughs) rules legal water breathing has a range of 30 feet up to 10 willing targets and it's a ritual spell Oh,
0: okay so i might not be able to actually share it with them
2: effectively uh we can share it with them in a different way so uh, as long as this is narratively okay i would proceed but
1: I mean, what's Boltzmann's underwater? Boltzmann doesn't breathe. He's just—he's uh, not as fast as
2: Olive, but he's just rolling along the bottom of the, uh, <laughs> the tunnel. <laughs> a giant cool. glowing brain.
0: <laughs> I bring Boltzmann up out of the end.
1: <laughs> so that's that's how I envisage them. Boltzmann Boltzmann wheels himself down this tunnel. He pops out the other side um, as he meets all six of the of the uh, of the of the. The characters at the other end of the tunnel he casts water breathing on all of them and Hello. they are all now actually able to swim back which one of you are part of the
2: Panchioni family and which ones are part of the swivel gang
1: so Sunny, the sonny the kid the dragonborn who was speaking up the first time around um he says hey of course i'm part of the Panchioni family it's me i'm a dragonborn how are the many dragonborns you seen down here and the uh the human and the aracocka look kind of uh sort of shamefully abashed and uncomfortable to be associated with this uh with this uh with this dragonborn kid who's clearly too far up himself for, for good measure. On the other side of it, the three dwarfs, um this is uh Doyle O'Foyle, Boyle O'Foyle, and Orla O'Foyle, part of the Dwarven O'Foyle clan. Um are uh say uh yeah. <laughs> We'd never be part of that bloody panchoni family. These 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 guys. We're 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 part of the Swiveland gang. So you don't don't you go associating us with those those there guys.
0: In the meantime, I've brought Doctor Crow the Third and Boltzmann, and all of us are in this room together, just to avoid splitting the party and because mechanics and other things.
3: Well, I would assume you brought everybody
2: through.
0: Yeah, uh, the
2: okay. telepathic bond does not have a range limit, so we can speak even if the party is split.
0: Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, All
1: right. Okay, so, so in my mind, everyone was still in the waterlogged, water-trapped cavern, and Crud wasn't in there. Crud definitely knows what's going on, but we haven't left yet. We haven't left
3: yet. Jenny can't swim, so you need to bring everybody over there, over here.
0: All right. Okay, I'll bring uh, help. <laughs>
2: well, <laughs> I've got bad news for you three. Appointed pointed a human Eumen, and Dragonborn. The Panchioni family has been run out of town, so... We'll take you back, and then you can take your leave.
1: Okay, good, no problem. I, I had a, I was, I was leaving the option there for you guys to um, leave them there. <laughs> so, but okay, good. You're feeling, you're feeling generous. So okay, everybody, everybody heads out of the thing. Um, the uh, the dwarves are looking pretty, pretty buoyant, pretty pleased with themselves, pretty chuffed to their nuts because you've just given the uh, the, the Panchoni uh, mob uh, a good talking to. They're clearly on the back foot. And you head on out of the mine, you jump in the wagon and you uh, head back
0: to town well, so once we are all reconnected with Dr. Crud the Third on this side of mm-hmm. the water thing, um olive like telepathically to her friends, right, okay, so where's the money?
3: Well, we, I have a bag full of minerals, and that's the money, and we'll tell uh Jimmy. About the minerals. He can send people down here to harvest it. There's his money. We're all good. We're all golden.
2: I believe Jimmy offered to compensate us.
0: (laughs) But my problem is that I'm not actually golden.
3: (laughs) All right, well, we'll get Jimmy. We'll tell Jimmy we know all the information, but we do need a piece of his profits. And then you'll get some passive income for whatever we can negotiate. And then you'll be golden.
0: All right. How does that sound? (laughs) Yeah, that dad, sounds... poor dad. <laughs> okay. That sounds like some actual gold. Good.
3: Plus when I, when I sell off these, these spider spider body parts and I'm using the eggs, I'm going to be good. I'm going to have, I'm going to have a growth clinic now with these eggs. And so there's going to be some money coming in from that. And then we're selling off. I'm going to use the, uh, the, uh, the uh the glowy rocks i'm going to use that as a health cl- growth clinic and you could be a lot of growth people and they're going to all pay me to do this and so we have passive income for that too
0: okay we've got Split. a plan we're going to head back to Jimmy Swivelhands.
1: <laughs> cool on the way back to Jimmy Swivelhands, um brilliant yeah so you're all in the wagon Um, the Panchioni people are looking pretty sorry for themselves in the back of the wagon. Sonny the kid's, like, still sitting there fuming and screaming. You can tell he's not happy about the situation. The other two, eh, not so much. Um, the other two, by the way, just because I really enjoyed both of their names, the Arakoko was called Screaming Michaela, and, uh, the human was, uh, Mr. Terrence Splitface. So... um. Oh, did we want to drop these uh these three off at the sheriff's station
3: so they can get locked up too since they were part of the whole uh kidnapping plot? Get the entire uh Spotson family locked up.
2: Well, if we are going to judge people by association then we could lock the whole world up.
3: Well, I mean that doesn't stop law enforcement anyway. If you're near if you're part of the family, then you're guilty of the crime. So, I mean, it's up up to you guys. I don't care.
0: They didn't actually do the crime, though. They just, like, had friends. So, I don't know. I think you have to be present at the part of the crime or the planning of it. And they're just underlings. So they didn't plan and they didn't participate because they were in the mine during the participation phase. So...
3: Well, we also don't know how long they were down there. And this guy is a dragonborn, so he might have been part of the planning.
0: It's possible.
2: Let's leave it up to Jimmy Swivelhand and treat us as a test of his character.
0: Yeah, he's the sheriff. That's right. That's the point of a sheriff is they actually, like, do things.
3: (laughs) All right, off to Sheriff Jimmy.
0: Okay. And by the way, I've still paid 500 gold for all the alcohol in town. And I'm sure someone (laughs) lives here other than these two gang members and the terrible sheriff and deputy. So, like, let's end this with a big party. So, um... Olive's going to leave because she's terrible at negotiations and let Dr. the Third and Boltzmann negotiate this and she's going to go to the bar and arrange for the large town party to elect Sheriff Swivelhands. So you guys continue this part without me.
2: Go find old Captain Krusty! It's not a party <laughs> without old
3: Captain Krusty!
0: Okay, I look for him. Yeah, you guys continue <laughs> without me for the negotiations. Trust me, me being there won't help. <laughs>
3: All right, have fun, Olive. We'll see you on the flip side. All
0: right.
3: We go to Jimmy.
1: Cool. So you pull up outside the theatre, um, the cabaret theatre, which is was as close. You 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 um, jump out the wagon. You head indoors. The, the 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 three dwarves rattle on up the stairs, burst the door open, and go, "Hey, Jimmy, 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 we're here. We're back. We're back. We're all good. We're okay." And uh, you hear cheers and and whoops of joy from the the rest of the Jimmy Swivel gang in there as you um as you cart what how, how, what are the uh, what are the panchoni guys what have you done to them are they just sat in there have you tied them up what's the what's the situation
3: uh, Olive likes her handcuffs we'll just have them handcuffed
1: cool so they're they're handcuffed you've um you've got them sort of kind of between you guys Boltsman's uh, rolling up the left hand side Crud's up the right and the three Pancionis are kind of shuffling forlornly along between them you bring them up into the uh the foyer of the theater and you go and so well and jimmy and the rest of the gang are at the stairs uh hugging and congratulating each other and having a great time the dwarfs are uh, extolling the values of the the fire breathing kittens they say you you guys saved them they saved their lives and they killed the spiders and they found the minerals and these guys are just heroes so what happens next
3: Alright, Jimmy, we have some negotiations to do. Are uh, you up for that?
1: Yeah, sure. Of course. Of course, Mr. Craig. Of course, Dr. Well, what, what is it? What, what are you thinking? What are you saying?
3: Alright, number one, these three are for you to do as you need to. Sheriff GME. So if you want to lock them up, let him go. It's all up to you. So that's uh, that's you. We just need the handcuffs back. Two, uh, we do need to broach payment. Uh, All you got to do is go down there, grab your mineral, sell it off. So we would like
1: 25%. So, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, slow down, boy. Slow down. So what is it? What is it? What is it you actually, what is it you pulled out of that place? First, I'm not a boy.
3: I'm Dr. Crud. (laughs) Okay. Say it.
1: Okay, Dr. Crud.
3: Okay. So down there is a meteorite. It glows. You'll be able to sell it for cash. And all we want is twenty five percent because we did rescue your people. We cleared out the caves.
1: Well, okay. So I see that I see some rocks there glowing away in your backpack, Doctor Crud. Is that is that what what you're talking about?
3: No, this is not. Okay, uh, just point out of order. The rocks are in the hole, not in the backpack. Ah, so there he
1: could not see it at all. Okay, so those are so those, but they look like some kind of egg you got in your backpack. What's that all about? Oh, that's spider eggs. Oh, of of, of
3: uh, what? <laughs> They're spider eggs. This is for medical purposes.
1: Oh, so what? There was there were spiders down there. Not anymore.
2: And this is a giant face spider with a have on a floating disc behind me.
1: Good, sweet Jesus <laughs> says Jimmy as he sees the giant face spider that uh, Boltzmann has just dragged in behind him. Well, goddamn! I'm glad we didn't go down there anymore. Now you know why we're asking for 25%. Okay, 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 okay. I'm I'm not going to argue with you guys. You guys done a great job. Uh, you've got my boys back. You sorted out the panchoni family. You've left us with all the money, all the minerals, all the stuff we could ever need. We can build ourselves the biggest orphanage you've ever seen, or at least I've ever seen. Um, so, okay, you guys, you, you take what you want. You keep what you want. You get 25% of that mineral.
3: All right. Just send it to the ad- this address in Nicomoy, and we're good to go.
1: Um. Um. What? One. One other question. So, what? What actually happened to Mama Panchoni? Where's she gone?
3: Oh, she's in jail. I locked her up.
1: Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. So the Panchoni mansion is is completely empty. Yes. Hey. Okay. Boys, you don't
3: have to worry. You don't have to worry about the suppository family anymore.
1: Well, no, no. So you don't. I don't think you understand that. Uh, the uh, the they are one of the richest families from back where we come from.
0: No, they're not. Oh, but I'm not there, but they didn't have the money to hire us, but yeah, so they're they're in debt. It's all, oh, yeah,
3: yeah, Dr. Crud does remember that, so he says, "Ah, no, they're actually poor, they couldn't e- they had to kidnap us, yeah,
2: Boltzmann will telepathically relay yeah. the information to Olive, <laughs> uh, all the compliments to fool uh conversations, she's got to be here, and so she can give weigh in with her opinion if she wants to.
1: Hey, so no, no, no. You don't understand, Dr. Crud. You don't, you're missing it. Just because they didn't want to pay you the money doesn't mean they don't have enough money for themselves already.
3: Well, it's neither here nor there. They're locked up. They're gone. They're in jail. They're not even an issue anymore. Okay.
2: All right, Dr. Crud. Yes? I believe the sheriff is suggesting that we ransack the Paggioni's mansion.
0: Eminent domain, says a voice in your minds. (laughs)
3: Okay, we'll take the house too. <laughs>
1: okay. Hey, there you there you go, <laughs> Dr. Crud. Don't jump to conclusions. Your boy Boltzmann there, he just made you some money. So uh, uh okay, so the Jimmy Swivelhands lets you your sheriff, Jimmy Swivelhands, uh lets you guys wander off. Uh he looks after the uh the the whole of the panchoni gang. Um unfortunately some of them have got to share cells while they wait for the uh Uh, the prison wagon to come and pick them off and take them off to their trials because obviously there is a very solid justice system in Nicomoy and they all will go through a very fair and just trial full of evidence and reports and testimonies that you gave Um, and you guys wander off to the Pancioni Mansion and through your rooting, rummaging and pillaging you find uh, a big old chest full of gold, gems and cash that these guys have been (laughs) using to feed their way uh, for the last few
0: months Why didn't they just hire us? (laughs)
1: rich people don't get rich by paying people money to do stuff
0: if we can sway the elections with our rumor sewing which is on i think on page one i closed the book i've got the book next to me um but basically there is a dc 15 charisma check so dr crud the third can you roll for the hiring of for the for the new sheriff in town getting elected
3: i sure can
0: and what's the rumor
3: And I get uh, advantage, right?
0: No, I will
3: give you. I
2: will. I will enhance your charisma to do this.
3: Okay, go good, but I think I still beat it. Some eagle
0: pheromones.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right now, with constitution, you said constitution or oh charisma?
0: Yeah, it can be persuasion or deception. Oh
3: yeah, persuasion. I get a plus five. That's easy nineteen easy Yay. 19 great with advantage yeah. no, no no advantage that was, no you,
2: you, ad, uh, enhance gives you advantage so
1: okay uh, so, uh,
3: so that's 16 so okay. yeah we'll stick with the 19
1: cool so um, as the vote for the who is to be the new sheriff uh, is enforced by the fire breathing kittens that have come into town <laughs> the
0: bribe with <laughs> <Bribe, laughs> whiskey <laughs> <Missy. laughs>
1: The whole populace of the town uh, a- a- accumulates and, and cast their votes.
0: <laughs> if you vote, you get a bottle of wine. <laughs> That's all we're saying. <laughs> what is, what is,
1: what is the, uh, what's the policy on um, votes for prisoners? Uh, they don't get them. Do prisoners get votes? No.
0: Felons do not have the right to vote, so the Pancioni family can't vote.
3: <laughs> I think they should, should be
2: allowed to vote.
0: Me too, but that's not how it works in real life.
1: Well, they're not—they're not convicted felons. They're accused felons, and currently, oh. as far as I—I I, I understand it, innocent until <laughs> proven guilty. Let's not rob people of their democratic rights. So, although it looks pretty bad for the Panchoni family, and we don't see them getting out there, they haven't been officially convicted. Do they still get a vote?
0: Have they paid their bail?
1: No, they haven't paid their vote. Well, no, 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 you stole all their money, so they've got nothing to pay the bail with. Okay, <laughs> no, let's, they, they, let's they, they face don't. it, though. There's six members of the panchoni family. They, they, if, even if they did have their votes, it would not be enough to. Uh, so I know there's eight members of the uh, seven. It would not be enough to sway the votes of the remaining populace.
0: Screaming Michaela, here's a bottle of whiskey. You vote how you want.
1: <laughs> you know, well, well spotted there. Screaming Michaela was pretty jaded with the whole Panchoni family ethos. So she switched her <laughs> vote to your side already.
0: Mr. Terrence Splitface, how's your dog? I know you had the most lovely Golden Retriever. How are you doing, Mr. Terrence Splitface, the human <laughs> Panchoni member? Politics. You just remember no. their name and their face and their family member. You give them a bottle of wine to vote.
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, Terrence Splitface is a psychotic. Sociopath. He has no interest in your uh, alcohol, your promise <laughs> right. of puppies or anything else. He is a panchoni family devotee and he will continue to vote for the way of the, front of the, of the, of the, of the existing sheriff. All right. The sheriff votes for the existing sheriff. Koodle Mouse doesn't. Koodle Mouse does actually vote for somebody new. And literally the entire remaining populace follow your rumour of voting for Jimmy Swivelhands as the new sheriff. However, the populace was actually just the Swivel Gang and Scrope McFlanagan. That was it anyway. So it it goes through as a pass of uh, seven votes to 12. Jimmy Silverhands is the new sheriff. Sheriff Zonderkop is cast out of town, disgraced, uh, with nowhere to go and no one to see, and he just sort of shuffles off alone and dejected into the sunset. And that, I think, ladies and gentlemen, is where we will finish our story for today. Any final thoughts?
0: Yay.
3: If he would have just did his job, this would never have happened. Yeah.
1: It would never have happened.
0: And how much gold did we eminent domain? Apparently. Uh,
1: so <laughs> I—I'll be honest with you. I didn't check beforehand on what the gold. I was looking at the gold values on a per level basis, but I didn't write down how much you were going to get off the back of that. So we will tally that up post game session. But I think Olive. Suffice to say, you will no longer be in. Uh, well, either debt or you know. <laughs> Your, your bank account will have a pretty healthy positive balance after this after this little session.
0: Yeah, I was I was I was in debt. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Don't burn down buildings, kids. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Most will suggest that orphanage uh create an orphan exchange program with the Kuki Castle Orphanage in Nicomoy, since uh, <laughs> those guys know how to run a business. And it's going to be beneficial for both of them.
1: (laughs) Uh, Jimmy Swift will say, hey, Boltzmann, that's a great idea, my boy. That's a great idea. We will do exactly that.
2: I am a giant glowing brain.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. Awesome. So, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Joining us today were Dr. Crud.
3: If he would have done his job better. It's never what happened.
1: Boltzmann. I am a giant glowing brain. (laughs) And Olive.
0: Deputy Cooler Mouse, swing vote.
1: (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, catch you next time.
4: The 1920s, a time of dance, fun and crime. The prohibition has banned alcoholic beverages across the United States of America, creating a powerful criminal underbelly of speakeasies and smuggling. Nestled by the Canadian border, our glowing city has its fair share of speakeasies with a special twist. Angels patrol the streets. Police officers shoot lightning from their palms. The dead come back to life. This magical community gathers at the Hole in the Wall, an exclusive speakeasy for broads and stiffs like them. Our heroes manage this business under the watchful eye of the Adimari Family Mafia as they uncover strange mysteries and deep conspiracies. Can our heroes bring justice and truth to light? Probably not. The Hole in the Wall, an actual play, City of Best podcast.
2: Are you looking for a new podcast where celebrities interview celebrities or exhaustively talk about shows they used to be on? Well, you're in luck. There are lots of those out there. But if you're looking for something fun, fresh,
3: and hilarious, check out our show History Defeats Itself, part of the Sonar Network of Podcasts. Join along as three guys that fell asleep during history class bring you a comedy podcast about their quest for meaning. Each episode, we dive into a single topic that will range from the mundane to the fascinating. Only one of us does the research and the other two have no idea what the topic is going to be until it's revealed on the show. In every episode, we will trace the origin, discuss the present day impact, and attempt to forecast the future, all in an effort to determine if our subject has been a success or if it's another example of how history defeats itself. Join our growing community of mystorians and download History Defeats Itself today, wherever you get your podcasts.